0: Welcome to the Road Show, episode number 281. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is not with me at the moment, but don't worry, don't fret. That does not mean that he won't be heard. In fact, he may have a little hot tea to go along with them as well (laughs) Uh, I am in Philadelphia Pennsylvania right now actually I'm a little bit outside of Philadelphia I think I'm in New Jersey I don't know exactly where I am right now if I'm being honest Uh, (laughs) is it okay to admit that I don't I think I'm in New Jersey but I'm not sure exactly where I am I came out here for CFFC 82 and 83. That's right, Cage Fury Fighting Championships is back, and uh, I'm doing the call with CM Punk on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, We did the CFFC 82 call on Wednesday night, and then a little bit later tonight, as we sit down on Thursday, as we always do, it is CFFC 83. Um, But it was crazy. It was a wild story to get here Uh, because I was doing contenders on Tuesday night in Las Vegas. I had to fly in day of the show, which I don't normally do. Uh, in fact, most commentators don't normally fly on the day of the show For exactly this reason uh, My flight was delayed We were actually flew direct Vegas to Philadelphia It was going to be nice and easy And literally as we were starting to descend Into the Philadelphia airport The rain started really bad And, and the pilot said, hey listen um, We're going to have to you know kind of go up And, uh, I, and he said, I've, I've made a call He said, I've been doing this for 20 or 30 years And I'm telling you it's the right call um, There's already too many planes circling There's already a holding pattern Um, Rather than, you know, us circle and, you know, we're on this cross-country flight and we're going to run out of fuel while we're waiting. He said, I've decided to just take the bad up front. We're going to go to Pittsburgh, land in Pittsburgh, take on some fuel, and and then we'll go. I was like, oh, well, all right. I mean, that's going to, I don't know how far Pittsburgh is from Philadelphia. Like, it's got, I mean, it can't be a huge state, right? Same, same state. Well, you know, it's still a good, you know, 260 miles away or so. So it was about an hour and 10 minutes, and we were basically in Philadelphia. So we get to, to Pittsburgh, and then um, just, I guess, because I haven't been flying as much lately without the travel, I totally forgot, you know, when they put fuel on the plane, they have to empty the plane um, in case there's some kind of accident. You know, certainly you wouldn't want jet fuel being dispensed around a a plane full of stationary people so we had to get off the plane um, and then they still had to get ground clearance because the rain so it it took a while basically it took a while Um, and i ended up going uh, straight from the airport to the arena uh, luggage in hand uh, (laughs) changing into into my suit into in in a little uh, office that they had there fortunately they had a little private office that they let me in it had no air conditioning in it which wasn't fun uh, but but made it just in time, and I, I was worried that, uh, that I wasn't going to make it at all, and, and, and that was just going to be a huge issue for everybody, but, but made it just in time. And then after the show was over, uh, we went straight to the hotel where I am now, um, and I didn't exactly pay attention to where we were. I know it was about 20 minutes away from the arena, and like I said, I think we're actually in New Jersey if I remember right. So uh, I don't know where I am, but we'll just call it Philadelphia. Uh, by the way, if you didn't check out the first uh, fight card, CFFC82, Check it out. It was fun. It was uh, it was it was really good. A lot of good prospects on there. Santo Curatolo at flyweight, man. I he, he claimed the CFSC flyweight title, man. Five fights as a flyweight. Five first round finishes. He's five and zero as a professional. Uh, exciting, man. This this kid is is fun to watch. So check that out. But we actually had uh five first round finishes out of our six fights. So, the night moved along quickly and uh, it was entertaining to say the least. So a a good good night of fights. And on top of that, it was just good to be working with uh, with CM Punk again, man. I really enjoy working with him as a broadcaster. Say what you will about his UFC career; I know people enjoy hating on him, uh, but uh, he, he's fun to work with, man. So good to be back with him. And uh, man, this two, this two night plan—it sounds like that's their plan for the rest of the year—do uh, back to back nights, um, and I dig it. I, I think it's cool. You know, you, you don't you don't have um, pre, you know you don't have prelims. But if you think about it, you don't really need prelims because you're not selling tickets. I mean, that, that's the whole idea of prelims is that you need people in the building early. And, of course, I mean, you, you just need fighters getting getting fights. Um, but you, you do prelims with local ticket sellers who will be able to kind of fill up the stands. And then hopefully they'll stay for the featured action. I mean, they, if they're fight fans, they're probably going to watch your co-main event and your main event as well. But, you know, if you're doing it for Fight Pass and you're not selling any tickets, I mean, there's really no need to even hold fights that, that nobody's watching. Um, so instead of doing, you know, some prelims and then a main card, it's just two main cards and two nights. It sounds like that's what we're going to do for the rest of the year, um, which is cool. I dig it. You know, it's a little bit shorter nights, uh, so that's fun. I mean, you got to be on your, your A game right away. I definitely felt rusty. Um, you know, normally you have your kind of prelims to kind of build in and knock the rust off a little bit. I mean, we hadn't called fights in six months, so uh, I definitely felt some rust going into it, but. You know, the, you got you got to get into it fun, but it was good to be back. And i tell you what was fun as well was, you know, I've been at all these empty arena shows, right, and I've, I've heard the commentators, and we've talked about it a lot on here, right, um, how the commentators are affecting things and, you know, how who you can hear more and who you can hear less and how the setup is. Well, there, you know, we were elevated. We don't have the big plexiglass uh, shields in front of us, but we do have kind of an elevated position, and we're actually distanced from the cage a little bit, as you've seen. But this was the first time that I've experienced being the guy that's actually talking and it's being overheard and uh, it was I, I I didn't think about it at all really while we were doing it just so oh, come on we're, we're doing our thing and that's what we do it's not gonna affect me at all but afterwards there were a couple you know coaches and a couple other people that were in the building that were like hey that was kind of cool we got to hear you guys like wow, while it was going on it was like oh Jesus you really you really can't hear. And I know that sounds weird because we've covered the shows and all these USC shows and said how it is, but until you're that person in that seat... Uh, it's kind of weird to think about, yeah, man, they are literally listening to your voice right now and hearing what you're saying. So uh, pretty funny, man, to be on that side of it, but uh, but it was good. So CFFC 82 last night, it's already on Fight Pass. Uh, by the time you hear this, CFFC 83 will be on Fight Pass as well. So uh, make sure you go check that out if you don't watch it live because uh, it's it's a fun product, and I'm super, super happy to be back calling fights, man. It's a really a part of my career and a part of uh, my job, I guess, that I, that I really love and I'm hoping to get to do uh, more uh, over the years uh, for sure. So the big uh, fight card this week, of course, is UFC 252 uh, back in Las Vegas at the UFC Apex. I will be there for fight night. I'm flying home on Friday. I won't make it back in time for the weigh-ins. I tried, but I just couldn't get a flight out of Philadelphia early enough to get me back in time for the weigh-ins. So um, I'll be there for fight night. Cold Coffee is handling everything else. He's he's, he's handling uh, He handled the media day. He's going to be handling – of course, uh, the, the press conference as well that's happening tonight, Thursday night. So probably last night by the time you listen to this, but he'll be there. Uh, but I'll be there to to help him out. And uh, listen, I mean, I've, I've certainly been paying attention. As busy as it's been here, certainly been paying attention to everything that's going on with UFC 252. Uh, it's a, it's a big fight card, and uh, man, I I love I love the main event. I love the trilogy fight. Uh, Steve A. and Daniel Cormier, three getting it on for the for the last time. Uh, it, it seems, you know, kind of the rubber match between these two. See who wins the trilogy. It's big, um, and and I love it. But I will say I am not convinced that this is for the greatest of all time heavyweight. That this is the the you know the deciding factor in who's the greatest of all time in the heavyweight division. Um, I, I do believe, you know, if you want to make a, an argument that it's the greatest in the history of the UFC. I do think there's an argument to be made for that. I I really do. And uh, especially if it's Stipe, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? He'll have, um, you know, he already has the most title defenses in in heavyweight title history in the UFC. And if he wins here, he'll extend that. He'll have the trilogy victory over, uh, or the series victory, I should say, over Daniel Cormier, who's clearly one of the greatest of all time um, overall. But so much of his career took place at light heavyweight. Um so I I don't know, I, I, and I'm not I'm not saying I can't be swayed, and I'd love to hear, you know, what you guys think. You know, you know hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on uh, on Instagram, wherever you can reach me uh, over at the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash MMA so I'd love to hear what you guys think because I'm not convinced that this is the greatest of all time. Now, of course, Dana White, you know, came out and said it the other night at the Contender series. We we got into it, and he said this is clearly for the greatest of all time, but. You know that's one of those things you got to remember too, right? Promoters promote, and and not to say that it's not valuable what he says, but you you got to take anything with a grain of salt that he says, right? I mean, there's there's motivation behind it. He's trying to sell a fight. You know, he's trying to he's trying to sell pay-per-views, and if he's telling people, man, the winner of this is definitively the greatest of all time, that's a hell of a tagline. That's a hell of a marketing tool to use. So I don't fault him for saying that, and I don't even hate the argument. I mean. For me, the greatest of all time heavyweight is the easy one, Fedor Milianenko, right? To me, that's the greatest. But, I mean, I get the argument there, too. You can go back and poke holes in his record, right? I mean, you go back through the Pride archives and watch all of Fedor's fights. I mean, he definitely, he had some, they'll give you some nights off over in Japan. You know what I'm saying? They'll match you up with a freak show here, a can here and there, you know, just a just fight. I mean... And that's one reason in in the UFC's heavyweight division there haven't been these you know lengthy title runs. Um, it's hard, man. I mean, of course, in the heavyweight division, anything can happen. One punch, yada, yada, everybody gets that. But, I mean, and that's just in any category, in any weight class in the UFC, you're fighting the best of the best of the best over and over and over every single time. You know, in Pride, you, you, you got to have a few of them. I mean, even, you know, the great run of Vanderlei Silva. You know, there's a couple matchups in there where you go, eh, come on, man, is that there? But it counts. It counts. So, but that shouldn't take away from the wins that Fedor did have. He did face the best of the best, and that was at a time that the, the, the Pride heavyweight division was better than the UFC heavyweight division. There's just no question about it. The talent was there. Of course, they didn't admit it at the time. But, you know, in retrospect, they've, they've kind of admitted it. Um so to me, Fedor Emelianenko is still the greatest heavyweight of all time, and I don't think that this determines it. Now, I guess that gets into an, interest, an interesting argument, right, because Daniel Cormier um, is certainly one of the greatest fighters of all time, period, but his, his his history was divided up between a couple of weight classes, right? So I don't know that you necessarily – if you're if you're determining the greatest of a weight class of all time, I don't know that you get to take into account what they did in another division – and count that in as well, right? Like, if you're if you're talking about the greatest featherweight of all time, right? I mean, normally the argument is probably going to be Aldo or Holloway. Now, if the name McGregor comes in there, okay, I get it because he beat Aldo so fast. But then you don't get to say, uh, because he went on to beat Eddie Alvarez, and he went on to beat... You know Nate Diaz, and he went. I don't. He don't get to. I don't think you get to say that if you're arguing about the greatest featherweight of all time. So, I I think if you're arguing about the greatest heavyweight of all time, you have to throw everything that Cormier has done in the light heavyweight division out the window. Uh, now, if you're talking about his all-time greatness as a whole, different different conversation. So because of that, I, I don't know. And, and again, Stipe's record for the most title defenses that means something. But, I mean, when the record's that low, I don't mean to disrespect it. I'm not trying to disparage it. But it's not like the run of Anderson Silva. It's not like the run of George St. Pierre. Uh, and, and those types of runs, those are the ones where you just go, wow. Or Demetrius Johnson, you know, cleaning out divisions. I mean, literally, when you can look at, you know, the rankings and you go, who should he fight next? Well, he already beat two. He already beat three. He already beat four. He already beat five. He already, you know, when you can do that, now you start talking about something special. And I just don't know that's what we have here. So is it the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time? Probably, especially if A wins. Is it the greatest heavyweight in MMA history of all time? I'm not convinced about that. I'm just not. But regardless of where you stand on the debate of whether or not this is for the greatest of all time, you know what you can can agree on no matter which side you stand on. The greatest of all time single-day fantasy MMA? That belongs right at DraftKings. Nothing's going to make USC 252 more exciting than it already is. and You know, maybe have a little action on it. Maybe have a little opportunity to make some cash on your intelligence. You've been breaking things down. You know the sport better than we do. By the way, my picks have not been great this year, so don't listen to all my picks. But you know the the, the fight's better than we do. So why don't you go out there and make some money out of it, right? There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, and they're bringing back the big one. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at $1 million in total prizes. That's right. If you're new to sign up, absolutely free shot at winning a $1 million in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters. You stay under the salary cap and you pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. So Remember, you're not just looking to pick winners. It's not just wins or losses. You're, you're, you're looking for people that are going to rack up stats. Who's gonna Who's gonna have those advances? Those takedowns? Who's gonna have the strike? You're looking for all that. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a free shot at one million dollars in total prizes. Now, the folks at DraftKings they do want me to remind you that if MMA isn't for you, don't worry. I would also like to remind you that if MMA isn't for you, I have no idea what you're doing listening to this podcast. But thankfully, DraftKings is also offering plenty of fantasy contests for all the sports that have returned to action. Plus. New this year, DraftKings just launched Best Ball Contest for football. Now, if you aren't familiar with Best Ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. So what you need to do, if you're interested, you say, I want my shot at $1 million, I'm down for this, download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code FROSTY to get a free shot at $1 million in total prizes for this weekend's USC 252 contest. That's promo code FROSTY. Because you know we lock the frosty beverages here at the Road Roadshow. To get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, Big news this week outside of, of USC 252, and we'll definitely talk some more about it. Corey Anderson making the move to Bellator. Um, this kind of came out of the blue for a lot of people for sure. And uh, you know him making that shift over is is big because you know here's a guy that's still ranked very highly in the UFC rankings and and ha- was under contract you know wasn't a free agent but was uh, they were willing to let him go and uh, it's it's interesting you know I and I can I can tell you that Ali Abdelaziz you know I've talked to him multiple times about this he stresses over and over man this is a great thing for Corey it's a great thing for everybody involved and he, and he has praised McMaynard. He has praised Mike Kogan uh, for Bellator and just praised everybody involved for how easy they made this and how how great uh, of an experience this was. Um, But I still want a chance to talk to Corey Anderson and get his take on it. And uh, I got a chance to do that earlier today. Uh, I had a chance to speak with him um, via Skype. So uh, here is uh, a little bit of the conversation. Well, not even a little bit. It's the conversation. Um, You know, I figure – let those boys talk more 252, but this is, I think, a pretty good conversation with Corey Anderson.
1: What right up, blue shirt? <laughs> What's going on, man? i chilling,
0: man. How you been? I'm good, man. It's good to talk to you. Still a good time for you? Oh, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's not waste your time and we'll just get into it, man. I mean, uh, Corey Anderson, Bellator light heavyweight contender, man, is a... Uh, you feeling that title yet? Does it still feel a little weird? Is it sunk in yet?
1: It's starting to get a little easier to hear. You know, that was six times in twenty four hours I've heard that interview. So the first couple of times, like man, that's still new. But now it's like it's got a ring to it. I like that.
0: <laughs> I like it too, man. Obviously, you step right in there. We'll we'll talk about the fights in a minute. But I want to ask you first about this health scare, man. Because I got to be honest, man, I didn't know you were going through all that stuff. And when the news came out. I was like, you know, worried for you and shocked a little bit. I mean, you hear your heart stop beating. Man, give me an idea, dude. Are you even are you even thinking about fighting at that point? Are you thinking, man, I'm done and I'm just worried about
1: my, my life and my health? What was that like for you, bro? I, mean, I never was set in my mind when I was done. The main part, focus was I wanted to make sure my family was good once everything was clear. If my family was on, on board with me still fighting, you know, making sure we fighting for the right reasons. Like I said, figuring out my worth in life. And getting out of it what I put in, it was like, all right, we'll go back. But at the same time, I was always sick. in my mind. We talked as if something came up where they said, "All right, you can't fight no more. There's no, there's nothing to be crying about." We had seven strong years. We made a way. We, you know, we got business plans. We never saw our hands thinking all, all only thing we have is fighting. We've always been calculating for the exit plan for when we leave. What's next? So. We was already ready to let the ball roll and keep going. But we're thankful and blessed that it all came down to nothing but a concussion. Doctors just, of course, they just had to look out for themselves. You know, they had to assume the worst until they can count it all out. But it it was definitely scary. It was scary. I ain't going to say it wasn't. But at the end, they said, all right, you were right. It was nothing but a concussion. We can let you go now. That was was the greatest thing that could have happened through the whole thing. That's crazy. So, so you
0: had reached that point where you're like, "This career is over. With I'm done. It's on to the next." Um, we
1: had reached a point where we said we're done. We never reached a point where we said, "Just in case, we cleared me up like if this is it, that's it. There's no reason to come back to Jersey no more." We figured out, all right. So, where are we gonna go? If we don't, if are not fighting, where are we moving? You know, what's the plan? What are we gonna do as for family? Where are the district wanna be in for the babies when they go to school? Where can we open up the best gym? Where can we profit the most business wise? And we had all that stuff ready to go. So the switch hit. They hit the button. Say, all right, Corey, you're done. All right, on to the next one. But luckily for us, we got all that planned out now, and just still ready for when the fight game is over. We're still open that book and go right back to work. That's a big lesson, right? I mean, uh,
0: that I think everybody needs to be aware of, right? Like, you can't fight forever. You got to be thinking about what's next. I mean, who who taught? Did you always know that, or do you remember somebody teaching you that? Because to know that maybe this career was over, but you felt so good about the family and the people around you and that you were in the right
1: space. I mean, that's important for a fighter to have, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, growing up with my father, the way my father is, he grew up with nothing, and now he's a wealthy man. So he's always told me, you never can bank on one thing, so you always got to have a plan. Always got to have a backup plan. Always got to have a business plan. Always know the first thing might not work the way you wanted to, but the second or third just might. You know, I thought about it as for when you're wrestling, as for fighting. That first shot you take, you might not get the guy down, but the second and third, you might. So I went to school, I got a business degree. So I know the accounting and the finances, how to work the money, how to make money, make money. And uh I always knew when I got into the fight game, I was like, All right, I can't do this forever. But this is a fast head a head start financially to get to where we want to be at the end of life. I can take the money I'm earning from fighting and invest into what I want to do if I'm saving properly. So the fact, like I said, when it all came down to what if, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, what if it was, all right, let's check those accounts. All right, the things, is, everything is going the way it should. So if this was it. We're fine. There's nothing to worry about. We're going to be able to get the business started. It might be a little rough, but we're not starting from nothing. So I've always had that business mindset that this can't last forever. Use this to get to where I'm going. Now, I tell people all the time, you might know me from fighting, but I won't be remembered for fighting. When it's all over said and done, fighting is what got me to where I'll be remembered for. It was just a head start to get there.
0: That's awesome, man. That's a great way to look at it. So, all right, so you get cleared. You're feeling good. Um, I guess what lessons do you take out of that? I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? You say, thankfully, it's just a concussion. But just a concussion is still serious, too, right? I mean, so what? what it sounds like what you learned from this is, you know, when they give you those mandatory suspensions, when they tell you to stay away, like, don't try to be tougher
1: than you are. Like, listen to them. Is that, is that the lesson out of that? The lesson is just take care of yourself. You know, that's the thing. I never They didn't give me a mandatory suspension nothing. They literally stitched me up and just said, all right, you're good to go. And that's what the lesson I learned there was you can't depend on somebody else to care about your health the way you should. And I didn't really get that till like, later on in the process, when it was still dragging on. And my wife kept saying, like, you're being selfish right now, Corey, because you got a, a, me and the son. You got a wife and the kids you got to worry about. It's not just you anymore. So the biggest lesson was I got to take care of myself and make sure I'm here to take care of it. You know, that's the biggest thing. If I'm not here, if I'm provide, I'm the provider, that's my job, to provide for my family. Now, if something happens to me, then it's my wife's job to provide. I don't want that. You know, that's a burden I have. to. It's hard. You know, I'll be dead wherever I am, I'll be able to have to think about it. I'll be looking down and be like, man, that should be my job. If I took care of myself, I should be there taking care of my family. And the fact that if the lack of me really caring about myself that shows selfishness to my family, if I was something to happen to me, shame on me.
0: Yeah, fair enough, man. So luckily you're good, you're healthy, you're cleared. And basically at that point, you go to the UFC and say, hey, listen. Let's talk. I want to talk about money. And they say we're not interested. Is that kind of how it went down? You you just said let's let's throw it out there and see what happens. And they said, Nah, we're we're good with the contract you have.
1: No, I'm not exactly sure. I never talked to them personally. My manager's doing the talking. So I'm not exactly all the details of what came back to me. They we had one fight. I took the fight. Nikia Krylo was supposed to fight in September. And then he got hurt. And then they offered me another fight. And it was uh I can't remember who it was, but somebody, he didn't have, he had like one fight or something. I don't even know the name. But before I even looked at the contract and said anything, I talked to Ali, like, look, doing all this, I realized my value. I know my value in life is like, see if we can get a little more money to make this fight make sense or whatever it is, you know? And long story short, when it came back to me, he was like, if the opportunity came for you to be released and we can go make more money, would you take it? I said, if we can make more money, whatever we can do to make more money, I'm with it. And then, next thing you know, I got a call back and said they granted you release or gave me a release, however it happened. I was like, all right, cool. And I said, let's start making them calls. And within an hour or so later, we had an offer from Bellator that was, it was, this is the kind of money I'm talking about. This is what we need. I could have, Eddie Alvarez told me, he said, whenever, this was last year when Johnny Walker, I had a whole thing with Johnny Walker, same thing financially. And, uh, He was telling me, like, man, if you can get free agent, just test the waters, you know, test the waters. Anything can happen. And I could have waited and tested the waters a little longer because I am number four in the world. But at the same time, I didn't really want to go overseas. I wanted to keep it to where my family can make it to the events when that happened again. And it it just happened so fast. And that morning I prayed on it, like, Lord, whatever happens, for some reason I had a feeling something was going to happen that day. I said, whatever happens today, just... Make it be a smooth transition, blah, blah, whatever you do, I'm not going to fight it. And literally, I get the call for a fight after I was done sparring. The ball just kept rolling. But like I said, everything happened so smooth. And an offer came like to my wife. I told her, like, this can't be nothing. But I prayed on this morning. I can't fight it. You know, just let it happen. If this offer is there, we're going to take it and go with it. You know, it was – and even then, when the offer came, it was like, dang, are you really ready? To let go of that name UFC fighter, you know that you've been here your whole life. It's my three fights when I was in the UFC. So growing there, it was like, man, I grew in this place. They gave me the platform to be who I am. But at the same time, I thought about it. Well, being on that platform made it possible for me to get this, for me to get this offer. So that speaks volume. We gotta take on, we're gonna take this. Granted, we won't be fighting for the UFC belt no more. It's just this big epiphany. Everybody knows you want to be the UFC champ, but what's the difference in the UFC champ, or champ, whatever? Everybody say there's different levels. When we go to college, the way I thought about it, you got Division one, you got Division two, you got Division three. I was D two. I could have won the champ. I could have. I believe I could have won nationals there, and I went down to D three. At the end of the day, it was like, almost as as I'm a champ. It doesn't matter. That's an accomplishment to be the champ wherever you are. So I said, let's do it. Let's take this contract. We're going to get more finances for my family, which is what I really want. And we're going to have the same goal. Go here and be the best. That's what I wonder is if like, that's a lesson that maybe other fighters can learn or that you can.
0: You, I don't know if you are interested in helping teach that or helping spread that message. I mean, it's always been interesting to me because, as you said, every fighter, I think, is I want to be UFC champion. And I get it, man. It's the dominant brand. It's, it's understandable. But at the same time, if you can be somewhere else and put more money in the bank and set yourself up for a better future, isn't that the smarter play than saying, you know, I was UFC champion, but, I, you know, now I'm struggling versus, well, I was Bellator champion and it's still a champion and, and look how much more money I have in the bank.
1: hundred percent. I mean, that's the end thing I came to was at the end of the day it's calculated risk, just like a fight. You're only going to take a fight if it's worth it. That fight doesn't make sense. If I was going 10 to 10, make a 10-10, they wanted me to fight a number three, a number the champ fight for a title for 10 10, that makes no sense. Why would I do that? You know, but if I fought another guy at a lower level, I just got to see 10 and 10, it's fine. And that's how I felt like I was. The money I was making, like, why am I still, like, before the like, guy, right, let's do it. I signed a contract. It's, it's, it was like, why would I keep fighting these top guys? I fought nothing, 15 fights, 13 or 12 of them been top 15, 10 of them been top 10. It's like, why would I keep fighting these top guys and I'm like not even asking for more money? Like, I'm just okay with it. And that was the same thing I thought about. Like, okay, both organizations, UFC, Bellator, they got the same risk. You go out there, you get knocked out, of arm broke, anything can happen. Now, one has the UFC belt and the other one has the Bellator belt. One doesn't have sponsors, one has sponsors. One is only paying you a medium when the other one is paying you your work. You was, that's the calculated risk you're going to take. Well, I'm going to take more money, a belt, more opportunity, and the same risk than I would in the top organization. So it was kind of like, for me, it was a no-brainer. It was like, I'll be stupid if I pass up this opportunity because I want that three-letter word, in, or three letters, in front of the word champ. So I went from UFC to Bellator off of that. I dig it. Have you started scouting the division yet? I mean, I know there's a couple names that have
0: made their way over there from the USC that you probably already knew, but I, I imagine you weren't really scouting them before now, so have you had to start watching some tape and figuring out who's in the division and, and what makes sense?
1: Yeah, I've already saw I mean, anybody knows me, of course, studies film. That's it. And late at night, I'm watching YouTube on the phone or down in my archery shop working. I'm watching, studying these guys. Right now, I've been watching the Vader and the, uh, I can't forget the kid's name. He's fighting. But... Uh, No, yeah, him. I've been studying those two right now because they up first. Um, I had did enough of Phil Davis studying when I I went out to help Bader. When I helped Bader prepare for Phil Davis in the UFC and Bellator, I studied his films all day so I can fight like Phil Davis to help Bader. So I'm pretty pretty vivid on what he's going to do, but I'll study his last couple fights again when time comes when I'm done with these two. And I'm just going to go down the line. I'm just going to look at the roster. And as they talk to the ultimate cheetah, I'm going to go down and just take notes on each person. So when the opportunity comes, it's not like, all right, what do we need to worry about? It's, all right, this guy's good as this. So, coach, what's the game plan? And we just going to borrow. I imagine if this was a normal
0: world, you'd be at the title fight next week. But obviously, it's the bubble and the fight sphere and all that. I mean, is there any talk at all about going out there? Or can you even can you go watch fights right now with all the enclosed environment and everything?
1: I haven't even thought about asking. Like I guess I've been helping D.C. and traveling so much. Even that was, like, tough. I come back. I got to get a test. And while my tests come back, I'm sitting here just waiting. I'm training in the garage. I turn my garage into a gym, but it's hard when you self-train. I don't want to bring anybody over to train with me and risk them getting sick. I don't want to go to the gym and risk people getting sick. We got Frank Yeager fighting next weekend. I couldn't go there and possibly spread something to him. So the fact of me traveling again, if I asked, they granted that opportunity. I'm sure they would make it away, give me credentials or something if they wanted to. It's still that chance of me having to come back and then wait again to train. As for, I can just watch it on TV, stay in my bubble, and keep training every day. I got my positive test back yesterday, so now it's like, all right, back on the grind, nonstop, all gas, no break.
0: I think I know the answer to this as you're wearing the, uh, the OT hat there, but did Bellator possibly say, we'll sign you, but you got to go back to Beast in 25 because that's the better nickname?
1: No, they didn't say that, but actually, a second ago, and the guy made a good point. Like I can bring sponsors back. And 25 C258 is my company brand. So I can just put BC258 on the shorts and still rep the name OT. Because the company is still 25 258 LLC. All my shirts and everything comes from BC258. So the name will be on the shorts. You hear it here, people. The name will be back on the shorts. Thank you. I know disrespect to overtime, but 25 C258, that's legendary, man. It's like we get to see it on the shorts. That's it. It will be on the shorts. I don't know about the ass. If somebody want to pay for the ass spot, they can have it. But he's going to be on there somewhere. I dig it, man. Well, cool, man.
0: Well, obviously excited for you. Um, give me the plan, man. I mean, is there, is there a date that you're looking at where you want to make your debut? And I mean, do you feel like you should walk into a title shot? I mean, as you said, I mean, you're, you're ranked as high as any of them in the world. I mean, do you think you should walk into a title shot or do you feel like
1: uh, you've got to get one under your belt at least? I mean, I'm not going to say I feel like I should, but I feel like I could. You know, the opportunity came 100%. It's not going to be like, oh, I need to warm up, or oh, I think I don't. Deserve. Hell no. They say, Corey, you up next. Let's get it. Now, my cardio is better than anybody. It always has been. So five rounds is nothing. My skills is up there better than everybody. It always has been. Now it's just mental. I just got to believe it. Like I said, going out there training with DC, he helped me realize, and he kept telling me every time, like, kid, you're good. Like, like, this is stuff we've never seen. Like, I can see it. Like, as a commentator, I see it from the outside. But now i worked with you for two weeks. And I'm telling you right now, there's no reason why you shouldn't be the UFC champ. There's no reason why you shouldn't be the UFC 205 champ. Like, you are good. Like, you just got to slow it down. That's my problem. I go out there rushing. i try trying to put my cardio on people too fast and I get caught. Nobody's ever beat Corey Innes. Nobody's ever looked at the stats and said, damn, Corey got his ass for it. No. Every fight I've lost, I've been winning in the stats. Even the Yam fight and Jimmy Mano. It happened so fast but my punch output and kicks are still up higher than everybody. I get caught. I rush too much. And he told Jimmy straight, like, Look, dude, because I was fighting like c Like, if you go out there and you sit patiently and just wait for your opportunity to capitalize, <laughs> there shouldn't be a problem in the world for you. He said, because I'm beating all these guys. And I know what you can do just from training with you. So there's no reason why you should be out there rushing and getting caught no more. And that's just it. And I just needed somebody. Like I said, my coach has been telling me you could be a champ. Frank Yeager said it, Eddie Alvarez said it, David Branson, all kinds of people tell me that. But when you have the actual champ champ, the double champ, you going to be the world's greatest when you win this weekend. When he sits there and tell you in your face in his house, like, dude, there is no reason. And he said it like we're straight face, serious. And he tells people like, this kid just gave me all the work. Like this kid is good. Gave me some of the best fun I had in a while, compared to like Kane Velasquez and stuff. And that's what he says. It's like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> and he told me, you just rush too much. You got to be patient. You learn how to be patient, and it'd be a whole different game. And that's where it is now. I just got to slow it down and take those calculated risks. Give us the insight on DC,
0: man. You think he's done after this weekend, or do you think they 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 lure him back in? I mean, as you said, he wins this, man. He, he's got some accolades. I'm sure the UFC is gonna want to pay him them big bucks to bring him back for one more.
1: What do you think? I don't like we're talking about that Julie. We say, like, one of his coaches says, You ain't gonna be done. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm like, no, you ain't, cause they just like they always do, they're gonna offer you more money to bring you right back. Like, look at uh George St. Pierre. St. So Pierre said he was done trying to bring him more money back to fight compete. And he, he wants to be done. He's 41. Got another kid on the way. He definitely wants to be done. But at the same time, the competitiveness in him, I think if they offer him enough, he might say yeah. But my advice to him is like I told him like, bro, your mindset. You want to retire. You got the commentating. You got all this stuff going. The area of Hawaii, little podcast you and going. Everything is going good. If you got enough things that's making ends meet, there's no reason to keep fighting for it. You're like you, you did it. All the accolades. Why risk your legacy anymore when you're already there? You win this, that's it. You walk out on top. There's no more reason to take risks. The calculated risk is over. Go take the safe bet. Do your commentate, and they love you on TV. Nobody does not like you. Go out there and do that, man. So Either way, I wish them the best. If you want to keep going, I'm still going to be there to train him. I'm going to help with, train with him and help him. If he's done, I'm going to support that as well. I'll be watching him commentate and still send him love, but Hanging out with somebody like them at the level he is and insight he gave me the things we talked about, it definitely it's an eye opener, make you realize this game is more than just fighting. It's life and it's a business. That's awesome, man.
0: Well, brother, I appreciate all the time today. Last question I got for you, man. What what do you think the mindset's gonna be when you do make your, your Bell Tour debut? I mean, are you gonna go out there with, you know, some nerves maybe about like, you know, I gotta make an impact in my first, I gotta show that they invested in the right guy? Are you gonna go out? excited you, you sound excited like this is a new chapter you know like a fresh start. so I mean when you step out there for your debut what do you think what do you think the mindset's going to be
1: I'm very excited to be in there but the mindset I've already said is going to be cool calm and collected you know cool calm and collected if I go out there with those three C's and just chill and let it happen do what I train that's what you train for you train and get all that the anxiety the energy I'm I, Frank Yeager told me that before the tough and I, I was so excited like bro Keep that same as same you got now. Just do it when you fight. Because right now, if you keep that excitement, you're going to burn it out, and you're going to go out there and perform a little different than you are now. If you fight like you're training, you're going to set fireworks off in the finale. And like you said, 60 seconds later, I set fireworks off. So now I feel the fights like Jan Blackwood. Which I went out there with that mindset. I have to make an impact. I did everything to get that title fight, and every time they say I don't deserve it, I got to go out here and make an impact so they can say, this is my fight. And it cost me. Instead of fighting like I should have, I was trying to do something big, land a big punch, chase him down, and I ended up getting put to sleep. So if I go out there and do what I do and just win, that's the good thing about Bellator. You don't have to be out there and be flashy and sell yourself to be able to get a title fight. You win, you move forward. You beat this guy, you take their place. So if I go out there and do what I do, whether it's boring, whether it's exciting, just do me and dominate, that's all I'm trying to do. Dominate and get this check and get to that next spot.
0: good catching up with Corey anderson man i i I am i'm a fan of his i understand that uh his fighting style can take some criticism uh he's not a trash talker by any stretch of the imagination so when he gets involved in it sometimes it it doesn't necessarily come out good uh but man he's just a a a good a good dude man i've always enjoyed my conversations with him and to, to me there's a lot of lessons in there man um about the way to handle a career and about the way to think about things. And I, and I feel like he handled it from such a, you know, a mature perspective and, and, and a, um, you know, an aware perspective, you know. And, man, we've talked about this. If you've listened to the show um, for a long time, you know we've talked about this, about, you know, the idea that if, if you want to be the best in the world, if it matters to you to be called the best in the world, I think you have to be in the UFC, um, especially over time. I mean, you may be able to – to reach the top in, in you know and even that's going to be difficult like for instance if if a UFC champion you know left the UFC and went to Bellator do they instantly become not the best in the world like no they're the best in the world now over time do they perhaps lose that standing because they're not facing top competition yeah you're not going to get the depth of opponents fighting for Bellator fighting for one championship fighting for wherever it may be you're not going to get the the, the you know the next, you know, the number two in the world every single time. You may get some tough names, but it's going to be tough for you to keep that status of saying you're the best in the world. But if you can shake off that idea of it doesn't matter to me if I'm best in the world, I do want to be the champion of, of an organization, you know, I do want to be a world champ, and I do want to get paid, I want to take care of of my family, then you can do it in other places. And by all accounts, this, this contract is – more lucrative than the USC contract was for for Corey Anderson. So, you know, how can he argue with that? And the other thing I want to point out, too, um, you know, we've talked recently about how, you know, Dana White started trotting out that line that the first I ever heard it from was Joe Silva, this is not a career, it's an opportunity. I think what Corey Anderson was describing there was exactly that. You know, I know, and, and not that I'm trying to defend Dana or anything like that, but I know – that a lot of people took that and and use it against themselves What do you mean it's not a career? Of course it's a career. It's you know it's a profession. No, what Corey was saying is exactly that. Like you you can't fight forever. I'm I'm not going to be known as just a fighter. There's more things. You know all those things he was saying. I was setting up. You know it can be taken away from you in a heartbeat, man. And God, those medical concerns that he was going through. Crazy. And it can all be taken away from you in a heartbeat. And Corey Anderson said that, you know, he was prepared to deal with that. But, but he had always been preparing to deal with that. He had always been preparing himself for that moment. And, and I think that is the perfect example of, you know, living that, that motto, that mantra, so to speak, that this is not a career, it's an opportunity. So, um, listen, it sounds like Corey Anderson's in a, in a, in a good place. Um, I will say this. If you think about it, he talks about um, that he had – they offered him a, a guy – They had one fight and he didn't, you know, before he even looked at the contract, he was like, hold on, let me think. Has to be Yuri Prochaska, right? Who else would have one fight in the UFC and would be ready to fight Corey Anderson? It's got to be Prochaska. Uh, So if you're looking for a little uh, additional information, I think that goes to show you what they think of Prochaska and, and what they plan on doing with him. So, uh, anyway, it was it was good to catch up with Corey Anderson, and uh, I appreciated him taking the time. So, uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that as well. And most important, we know that Beast in twenty five eight is making a comeback. So, all right, that makes me personally happy. <laughs> Overtime, come on, all right, overtime's all right, but Beast in twenty five eight, I've always been, I've always been partial to that. So. Happy for that. Uh, All right, let me just say, if you like what you're hearing, do us a favor, man. Make sure wherever that you're listening to this, you make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, Make sure you rate us. Make sure you review us. All those things help us out. If it's Apple Podcasts, that's where I I listen to podcasts. So if you can go in there and you can leave us five stars and you can leave us a review, I definitely appreciate that. And, of course, if you want to take your game to the next level, come on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. You can sign up to get all of our... uh, Exclusive content over there, including the exclusive home, the and a half shows where we recap every single USC event, which is, come on, basically an extra podcast a week these days. Uh, that's all we're doing every week. <laughs> There's fights every week. So join us over there. And we got a little community over there. Enjoyed, uh, c- you know, conversating with people and sharing comments and that sort of thing. Uh, I mentioned the Contender Series I did want to say real quick, um, cause man, I love I love doing the contender series. I enjoyed it. I didn't have my man cold coffee this week, so it was a little it was a little more stressful, cause I had to uh, do all the play by play from inside and then come out and do the, the come out to the tent and do the uh, the post fight videos as well. Um, I was a little surprised there were five uh, contracts given. I really really was. Um, although I can't necessarily argue with it, man. I you know I I think all, there's upside to everybody, um, but I was a little surprised five were given. Corey McKenna, um I don't wanna say scares me a little bit, but she is very, very young. But man, she's so composed. You you know, you listen to her talk about it and, and she understands how young she is, but you know, she's moving out to train at Team Alpha Male full time, which is awesome. Um, and she talks about, you know, her amateur experience and her you know, her 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 just life growing up and, and training. Um and she says, Look, it's more than just my, my pro record and my age. So, um, that one was a little surprising to me, especially because the fight itself was a little weird. Vanessa Demopoulos, she's got kind of an, an an odd style, to say the least, and the way these two clashed. You know, Corey McKenna did what she had to do to win the fight, uh, but I, I I don't know that I don't know that I necessarily would have given her the contract just yet, um, especially you know being that she is so you know a developmental deal. I mean, these developmental deals. I, I know that I, I guess the issue there is you know developmental deal, and what if nobody's fighting because it is hard. I mean at CFSC are just getting back to work after, you know, six months away. So maybe that played into their thinking as well. But TJ Laramie, he looks like the real deal for sure. Adrian Yanez, I mean, how do he deny a 39-second victory? Those for sure. Uh, Impa Kasangane, I-, I think there's something there, and that was a tough, tough fight as well. Um, I-, I heard a lot of it is that he's-, he's struggling to get fights. Nobody will fight him on the regional scene. So that might have been the reason to roll the dice. That, to me, would have been another one that I would have probably gone the, uh, the developmental deal route. But again, I guess maybe the uncertainty of the, of the regional schedule makes it tough to give regional bouts. Um, so I, I'm not saying that they don't have upside I'm not saying that they don't belong. I just, it, it, I, I was a little surprised at five deals, especially with the way the fights went, you know what I mean? Is if, if you're looking at, um, you know, that night being the, the, what do they say? The, the most difficult interview and in or whatever, you know, what they say, I mean, if that's really the interview, um, hopefully your resume looks really good I guess at that point because I don't know that the interview went all that well uh, but, but w- welcome nonetheless Dustin Stoltzfus as well um, I didn't think he looked bad uh, but I, I wasn't you know and of course the injury wasn't it's not like it was a freak accident I mean he slammed the guy and Joe Pfeiffer you know, posted when he shouldn't have. So I don't think he'd get mad at Stoltz for that. Um, but it was interesting to hear. You know how Dana was was saying how high he was on him. So uh, five contracts given. I was I was a little bit surprised, but um, but but I dig it, man. I, I love I love it. You know, fights on a Tuesday night. Come on, man. You can't beat it. I enjoy it. I'm glad we're keeping it going. Um, Page Van Zant. How about that? I could tell you, I could tell you right now. That's been all the talk on the ground here in Philadelphia. Slash New Jersey, uh, everybody's a little bit surprised with this one, and and I and I'm I'm right there with you on it. I'm surprised. I um, I'm just interested to see the fit, man. I I really really am. Um, I understand it from Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships point of view. I mean, this is a marquee name. You know, this is somebody that has a huge social media following. That's well known in the combat sports world, but doesn't fight frequently. Um, and has had you know injuries you know issues with the arm i mean that's you know i i mean i'm not trying to say that like for instance you know could you bare knuckle fight with a knee injury or an ankle injury that might prevent you from doing mixed martial arts i'm not saying it's ideal but i kind of think so like if you're like god ah, this knee just won't heal up properly so i can never shoot again i can never sprawl right but maybe i can stand in a boxing stance i mean i'm not saying it's it's easier or less taxing or less damaging but i guess what i'm saying is if there was ever an injury that would seem that it might be a concern i, I it was i mean i would think it would be the arm you know because punching bare knuckle especially might cause some issues i guess the argument the other way would be like well it's, it's not like you have to block kicks um so so maybe that's the argument why it's a better place you know if, if, if you're blocking kicks all the time now you're worried about rebreaks. And I suppose that's that's fair talk as well. But I'm just surprised by this one because as of now, Bare Knuckle doesn't have a TV deal. They're broadcasting on their app. So while I believe this is a big coup for them and a big signing, how do they capitalize on their investment? Is this going to turn into a TV deal? I'm not sure. I mean, this is still kind of an outlier sport, right? I mean, how long did it take for mixed martial arts to get acceptance? I don't know that this is, you know, will get that acceptance right away just because Paige Van Zandt is a part of it. And, of course, I mean, the argument is there. Hey, I make more money on social media. Well, will you still make as much money on social media if your if your face is all busted up? I mean, look, that's a very superficial argument, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong to have it. I mean, I think it's fair. Um, you know, she's, to her credit, Paige Van Zandt says, look, I'm, I'm, t- I'm kind of tired of this. I'm a pretty girl thing, and that's all I am. I want to show that's not the case. But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in this. And, you know, Kawa, her agent, came out and said this is a multimillion-dollar deal um and if it is man and I shouldn't say if it is because I you know I've known Malky a long time and and he's not a liar he's not one that's going to make something up so there has to be some kind of multi-million dollar option in here i just wonder if it's guaranteed i mean is it tied to back end is it tied to pay-per-view revenue um is it tied what what has to happen for the multi-million dollar things to kick in um i'm curious to see and i you know who does she fight even Who does she fight that generates a ton of interest? I mean, yes, people are gonna be interested just because of her. They're going to be interested just because of her. But I I don't know, especially in in a day and age of pirating and that sort of thing. I'm not suggesting anybody ever should, of course, but it's the reality, right? I mean people do pirate. Are people gonna wanna pay money? There's gonna be a curiosity factor. There's no question about there's gonna be a curiosity factor. But is it gonna be enough to plop down ten bucks, twenty bucks? I mean if it's a multi million dollar deal, are we talking thirty or forty? Man, I, I don't know. You better have an interesting undercard there if you're talking about that kind of money. So, I, I don't know. I was really, really surprised by this. But, you know, listen, Paige Van Zandt has done a fantastic job of building her brand, of, you know, maximizing her income um, through her entire career. So, if she thinks this is the right move, I don't think we can sit back here and go, well, that was a dumb move that was a terrible move. No, no, no. Time will tell. And if she feels it's right, then it's right. I'm just curious. I'm curious how everybody comes out of this. Is that money guaranteed? And if it's guaranteed, how does BKFC make their money back on it? Because that's the whole thing, right? You're spending money as an investment. But I don't think they're in a position to just lose money. You know, just, hey, we'll just go millions in the hole and no big deal. Um, I don't know, man. I was surprised by this. I thought Bellator was the natural fit. I'm sure everybody did, right? I mean, her husband's there already bellator is is going to be kind with the matchmaking i mean uh they're they're not opposed to to, to helping you kind of develop i understand that she's a veteran at this point she's not a rookie getting into it but you know she kind of needs to get back into a groove get back into a swing of things i would have thought they would have been happy to kind of you know help bring her along in the right manner um i was surprised by this and i tell you every, everybody here that, that we're talking to as well as a little like you know scratching their heads but they're getting people talking. So BKFC got accomplished what they wanted to get accomplished, um, but it just remains to be seen if this works for everybody involved. And that's kind of what I'm anxious to see uh, play out. Uh, listen, I had a chance to have another conversation today. Benil Dareus, I love Benil Dariush, man, I really, really do. Uh, I just think he's such a, a great human being in addition to a great fighter as well. And he, and he, he uh, you know, he had some early career success, had a couple setbacks, and now he's on a roll again. He had that big finish. Uh, last week and I didn't get to cover that one um, unfortunately because I was on furlough at the time so uh, I I wanted to be able to to, to talk to him about this so I had a chance to catch up with uh, Benil Dariush and uh, I wanted to share that conversation with you as well Well listen I just wanted to catch up with you since I didn't get a chance to to speak to you in person man I I had to do that because I always love talking to you man I mean you've had a little time to reflect Uh, how are you feeling about that big win man another highlight reel for you
2: so I was like, right after the fight, I was like, man, that, that performance again, I got wild. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't stick with the game plan, but then I watched it again. Actually, defensively speaking, I was definitely more, uh, aware than usual. So I, I'm actually really happy with the, with the fight now that I watch it again. There's certain things, uh, i I was disappointed in, like not being able to take him down and, um, what else was there? Not being able to take him down and, like, I had to hit him so many times for him to go down. But that's that's a uh, that's a testament to how tough he is. But besides that, man, uh, I, I was really, really happy. I, I, I'm going to continue to work on my wrestling and, and my def- uh, defensive striking because I, I, I think when it comes to attacking, it, it's so natural to me. It's so easy to just go out there and, and hunt, but it's not as easy – uh to to stop the hunter
1: yeah
0: well i was gonna ask you it's funny because after these fights you're always like i don't want to brawl i want to be more technical i want to i mean do you ever just go maybe i'm just a really good brawler and i should do that
2: like it's there i know it's there but uh and, and, and i don't want to get rid of it completely i want to i want to control that so it works for me because for example I don't know what God wants from me. Maybe I'll retire in like two years. Maybe I'll, I'll retire in like 10 years. I, I don't put a number on it, you know, but if I have to retire later on, I can't be getting in the brawl every fight. It's just not, I'm not going to last long, you know? So I, I don't mind brawling, but as intelligent as possible.
0: Yeah. Smart man. Smart it, man. It,
2: yeah. It seems to be in my, uh, it seems to be my character and, and it, just, it is who I am.
0: It does. Uh so let me ask you, this is an interesting question, right? Because I know you're you're a worldly man, you're a religious man, you're not all about the money, but this is a financial venture as well. You were you were fine not getting the bonus, but I mean damn did you deserve a bonus for that. I know you were so great the night of saying give my bonus away, but now I mean does it sting
1: a little bit? does it not have that fifty Gs?
2: Um it's okay, man. I honestly like I, I'm I'm I got home. I got to spend time with my nieces, I got to spend time with my family, and like, it is what it is, I'm I'm, I'm so blessed, I'm so fortunate, I get to, I'm, I'm getting to live my dream, I, I'm getting to do what I want, I get to get back into the room, hopefully this week or next week I get to start punking these boys again in wrestling, because uh, they, they keep trying to get me, but they can't. And man, that's it. Like, I, what can I? What, can, what else do I want? Like, if I had more money, like, what am I gonna do? Like, there's nothing else I'm gonna do with more money. I, I I do everything that I want right now. You're a good man. You're a good man. So, are we're in your school right now? You got class going on
0: right
1: now in your school?
2: Technically, we don't because of COVID. But <laughs> but yes, we uh we are a bunch of wrestling kids. Just uh, I started with like two kids, and uh, these two kids found like two other kids and those two other kids brought in like 30 kids. So now I'll have anywhere between 20 to 50 kids on my mats uh, around noon, 11 to noon and things like that. So right now they finished up, but they're just, they're just goofing off in uh, the corner.
0: That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you what life is like for you, man. I mean, when you're not in camp and you're not worried about a fight, cause you know, you don't seem like a guy to me that's just entrenched only in a fighting career, man. I mean, we know you've got the, the charity going and, 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 you know, you, 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 seek things outside of just fighting. So what is life like for you when you're not in camp?
2: So right now I'm actually running a bunch of errands. Cause you know, because of the fight, I put all my errands off. I'm, I'm running a bunch of errands. I gotta, I gotta go shopping of, uh, and we're doing a container shipment to Haiti. We're going to try to I'm, send them shoes, clothes. I got that going on. You know, my wife wanted me to do backyard stuff, so I I just went and pulled out the weeds, and, and you know, I I started like I get drenched every time I get back out uh, I get out there, so I was like in my underwear just like digging holes and pulling weeds. Uh, what else is there? I've been spending time with my nieces, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah, man. And then what? Uh, and I want to travel to Haiti. So I was hoping to go to Haiti in the next couple of weeks. But Ali calls me and he's like, hey, hey, chill out. We might get another fight short notice. You don't know. I was like, what do you mean? I either have a fight or I don't have a fight. He's like, well, we're trying. We're, we're talking about this guy, uh, Charles, Charles Oliveira. I'm like, well, is it real or is it not real? Like, I want to know. So so right now I'm, I'm like stuck in this weird limbo place. I, I don't know if it's, it's happening or it's not happening. But it, supposedly I'll get an answer in the next couple of days. Hey,
0: that's a good. Fight, man! That gets me excited. You like that
2: one? I I love that fight. I, I I think Charles is a great fighter. I think he's so well-rounded. And what an opportunity! Like I've been wanting to fight someone in the top ten, and and you know he's number six, I believe. So this yeah. is incredible for me.
0: Yeah. If that happens, I'm guessing probably it'd be in Abu Dhabi. It'd probably be during the Fight Island stretch. I'm guessing. Do you know? And is that okay with you to make that trip over there?
2: Yeah. I, I mean for for that fight, whatever it takes you know uh I'm I hope it's not September cuz it's a little bit quick but I'll, I'll I can do October or September I'll do it you know interestingly enough once I get home and I just start eating junk food my weight will actually go down i think cuz of the stress yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only for a little bit, though. It's not like one of those things where it just comes off forever. My my weight will go down because all the stress I've been containing. Food is like one of the best ways to relieve your stress. So when uh, when I eat junk food, my stress starts to go down, and uh, I've been losing weight. I woke up this morning around 175, and I was shocked.
0: Wow. So the, the weight miss, I guess we should address it. I mean, it's not like it's a habit in your career. But basically, from your quotes, I just gathered that the the protocol, just it, it just it messed with you a little bit, messed with your routine a little bit.
2: Yeah. So one, the the tub was small. The uh in, in the in my bathroom, and the 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 bathroom normally I'll turn into a sauna itself as well. I'll turn on all the hot water. I'll turn on the um, uh, blow dryers, and it'll be like a steam room plus the bath. I couldn't do the steam room part. So and and that little box they give us, that por- portable sauna they give us, just doesn't work for me. I heard
0: it's bad. I heard, bad. I heard it, it doesn't work.
2: Yeah. So. I, I, I was doing just that, and I did a workout. Uh, so I woke up at 5 a.m. I did a workout for about 75 minutes exactly. I finished the workout. Uh, I lost six pounds. I had 12 pounds to lose total. I I was just water loading. So I lost six pounds, and then I jumped into the bath. I jumped in the bath, not having the the um my uh the what's it called the uh the sauna steam room uh, part. It was taking me longer. I did more rounds in the bath, and I only lost four pounds. I had another another two, uh, two pounds to lose, and I I, start, I jumped into the bath for another hour, and I only lost 0. 0.4, and it was like not happening. So I asked the UFC, hey, can I go to the uh, to the sauna at the Performance Institute? And they they basically just said no, and they said it's because of the UFC protocols. And, and I said, well, okay. And then when we got to the to the show, I think everybody was in such a rush, they didn't even tell me I can have another hour after weigh-ins. So like.
1: Oh wow! I, so maybe I, you I, think I, you I could
2: think, have done it? I, I think so for sure. Like it wasn't like I was dying. I just needed like I needed 45 minutes in the sauna, and I would have been on weight maximum 45 minutes for two pounds. I think anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes, I would have been on weight. Wow, that's
0: perfect. Well, I mean, listen, it happens, uh, and I I know it's not a pattern for you. I did want to ask you, too, about that spinning back fist. Did I read a quote that you said uh, 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 somebody was playing with you on the video game, and they said you're pretty good on the video game
1: with the spinning back fist?
2: Bro, I can send you a screenshot of the entire conversation. His name is Billy. He's 13 years old, and he loves video games. So he starts messaging me the week of the fight, and he's like, hey, you should do spinning back fist. You're really good at it. And I was like... I'll think about it. Literally, what I said to him is, "I'll think about it." And there you go. That was the fight. I jumped into the fight with a spinning back fist. Did
0: it, did it cross your mind? Did that conversation cross your mind in the middle of the no. fight? No,
2: no. I just saw him. I just saw him bleeding on the side of his eye. So I'm like, he can't see me well. So let me throw a spinning back fist because I'll, I'll throw the jab and uh, to to you know to make him look at the jab and then I'll spin. And fortunately for me, when I threw the jab, he was looking to counter, but I threw the jab from a far distance. He tried to counter, and in the counter, I hit him with a spinning back fist. Yep. He was trying to hit me with a cross. So afterwards, I just remembered it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Billy was asking me to throw a spinning back fist. So maybe, uh, you know, subconsciously it was there. It, it was it was wild, man. I, I'll send you the screenshots, man. Has
0: he has he been gloating? Has he been
1: texting you seriously? Like, I told you, bro. I,
2: I, I went to lunch with him. I was like, bro – it's all yours. You, know, you can take all the credit you want.
1: <laughs> that's phenomenal, man. So hey, I gotta
0: ask you. Uh, Rafael Cordero has been training uh, Mike Tyson a little bit. Are you gonna Are you gonna jump in there and train with Mike Tyson, or is that a dude that you don't want
2: no part of? I, I mean, if I can just go and watch, I, I would I would take advantage. Obviously, that's that's a private training, and I know uh, uh, Marvin and uh, Fabricio went to watch one time you know I, I don't know if they're going to ask me to spar with them obviously I don't I don't move like Roy Jones Jr but if it's Mike Tyson honestly whatever they ask of me I'll be like sure whatever you guys want I you have to understand and like for me just to go and sit there and just be a fly on the wall would be enough I don't I don't need to go there and spar or or like you know just 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 kind of just absorb it enjoy the moment kind of thing it doesn't always have to be about me or me helping and sometimes he's just enjoying it and that's what i would want to do
0: it would be cool just to watch wouldn't it? i mean he's that much of a legend just to watch and train would be amazing
2: the way he rotates his body you know my my uh strength and conditioning coach he literally wants like that's all we work on one of the reasons why my power has gone up is he is because he tells me hey you you don't rotate that well uh, and I'm like, okay, well, what do we got to do? He's like, well, we're going to go through all these exercises and things like that. But the way Mike Tyson rotates is it's not natural. You don't see any other fighter rotating like that. So, and I think that's where a lot of his power comes from and, and his movement too. So you you'll see him move side to side with his rotation of his body. And just to be able to watch that for an hour and a half, it would be so cool because Man, who knows what you're going to learn?
0: You think, you could, you think somebody can? Because you said that movement is legendary, man. Do you think that can be learned or do you think that's just something that you either have or you, or, you, or you don't?
2: I think the technique can be learned. The application might take years. I think that's what we have to understand. And a lot of people don't like that because we, we – it's not just this generation, but for as long as I can remember, instant gratification is the thing when it comes to athletes or anyone, actually. Because it's not something you're going to get right away, you're going to get discouraged. And if you get discouraged, you're going to say it doesn't work. It's not that it doesn't work. It just requires you to completely change your body. And so, I think it's doable. It just takes years. I don't think it's one of those things where you're going to get it overnight.
0: Yeah, no, that's well said. Well, listen, man, I like the idea of you facing Charles Oliveira. So, if I get a vote, I'm in. That's a great fight. Is there a is there a deadline on this? Like I said, I know you have other things you want to do, and other. So I mean, do you have like a schedule that this has to happen?
2: They They're telling me in the next couple of days they're gonna let me know. So I'm w- I'm waiting. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> waiting. You know, I got my crossed. I
0: like it. Last thing I want to ask you, man. Uh, Haiti. We've we've talked about it a couple times about you know what you're doing there. How did that become uh, such a passion for you? How How did Haiti become the spot that you want to
1: get involved in?
2: So it was, was it 2015? I want to say there were 2014 and 2015. I went to Haiti. I went there twice, and I haven't been able to go since. But I went there and um, with our church, and I met a guy named Leo, Pastor Leo. He, he has a church out there, and he kind of walked us through his area, Haitian, and the village area. Not a village, but it's kind of in the mountains. He kind of showed us what it was. And like he took me to a place, and he's like, You see that place? You'll see kids going there. Uh, it, was a, it, it was basically a dump, it was where there's it's trash. And he says, You'll see kids going there looking for food. And like, I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, the, uh, kids will go look for food there because they, they don't have food sometimes. And I'm like, You tell me in a country that doesn't have that much food, kids are going to go look in the trash for food. Like, what are the chances that they find something? And he didn't really give me an answer. And and so with that being said, um, I remember just that day we went and bought a bunch of food. And I said, look, man, as many of those kids as you can find, um, feed them. So that was the first time we did this. And then from there, we just him and I, we stayed in contact. I got his email. I got his number. And we just stayed in contact. And he lived in like he lived in a. Uh, Pretty much like a couple of bricks on top of each other. It wasn't like he was living luxurious, but we stayed in contact and and we started to um, we started doing this feeding program. And we would I would you know send probably once a, once a month or once every other month uh, money for the feeding program, and and he would send me videos of it and. It wasn't just feeding them physically just food but he was also feeding them spiritually he would uh, he started teaching them the bible starting teaching them scripture and so it went from a feeding program to a feeding program plus school we ended up building a school in that area which which didn't cost much because they just tossed a couple of bricks on top of each other <laughs> they 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 put out a good frame and, and all that stuff. We made sure it's safe and as as much as we could in Haiti. And and then all of a sudden it's a school. And now they they got credited by uh, by Haiti as a school, which again doesn't take much because Haiti doesn't. They, they just they just want their like fifty dollars or thirty dollars whatever it is for um, for for, for uh, their registration whatever you call it. So we started with the school and then. There was, uh, I think it was last year, end of last year, I was listening to an interview by uh, by a guy named Tim Ballard. He's got a uh, Operation Rescue and Nazarene fund, but he fights uh, child trafficking and, and sex trafficking. And he was telling me how Haiti is, or not me, but he was telling the interviewer, like, Haiti is one of, like, it might be top three in, in child trafficking. Kids mm-hmm. just go missing. And, like, that, that hit me hard. And... As he's talking, I'm like, what can we do? And he mentions, oh, the way they do it is through orphanages. They set up these fake orphanages. Wow. And they just get the kid, like, they get a bunch of kids there, and, and they basically sell them off. And then once they sell the kids, you don't know what happens. Like, they just disappear. Kids are gone. So, you know, I can't go out there and wow. find every bad guy and beat the crap out of them or, you know, castrate them or whatever it takes to, to stop them. I can't do that. I I don't have that ability. But I thought to myself, why don't we just don't give him the opportunity. So orphanage made sense to me. So I I called Leo and I said, hey, I know you're doing a lot already. What do you think about doing an orphanage? she's like, bro, I've been praying for this for years. I would love to. So and then March, the fight, I I asked him in maybe January or February. And then March, the fight happened. And then uh, we were we're basically operational. We've been operational since May. Uh, we we got about 18-19 kids and uh, that's, awesome. that's that's what it is. Yeah. So
0: is, is there like a, a can people help support this? I mean, is there like a a foundation or are you just doing this personally?
2: So right now I have a couple of friends and myself we're doing it through our church. I will uh I got I got to make the website and all that. I'm working on it. You know, people will call out to me and I'll they'll ask me like how can we donate? I tell them, "Look, you can donate specifically to uh ccyl uh calvary chapel your belinda but you just need to make sure they know it's for haiti and then the money will go there and um, you know as much as financially it's great if you want to help personally that'd be great too you know one of my biggest things too is i want to send out missionaries there i want to send out a lot of missionaries to haiti and to spend time at the orphanage to learn how to do it and maybe start their own orphanages. that's another thing i would I'd love to do you know um one is not going to be enough. I, I uh, you know, Leo is not going to be enough by himself. So the more people I can get out there, the better. And yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to figure out the website. I'm trying to figure out the kids right now. But little by little, it's all coming together. And and what's crazy is not like I haven't had any like things to stop me. Nothing's gotten in the way. So it's it's incredible.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, that's why I love talking to you, brother, man. You're always such an inspiration as a human being and doing things outside of the sport and Hey man, you're ranked again. You know what I mean? You're, you're yeah. making the way. This would be a huge fight if it comes together. So what's what's the plan, man? I mean, I know you got you know ideas outside of fighting, but give me give me the plan. You know, in the fighting career right now.
2: Yeah, let's talk about fighting. I mean, God, uh, this is what God put me on this earth to do. I, I uh, He gave me talents, and and this is my job. I I'm grateful to have this job. I think if I fight Charles and he's number six, and if I perform dominantly. I'll, I won't get B six. I'll be number five. That puts me top five in the world. Then I'm in the I'm in the called Elite of the lightweight division. I think one more fight from there, a guy like Tony Ferguson, a guy like Dustin Poirier, puts me at, at the title. So this could be this could be a pivotal moment in my career, and how I respond to it is everything.
0: so Benil Darius there, like I said, uh, such a great guy, man. I love, love hearing what he works for outside of the sport as well. So um, just a good dude, man, overall. And, uh, hey, a little breaking news there, maybe? Maybe we got a little, we got a little tip there? Um, I love that fight, man. Him and Charles Oliver would be a phenomenal fight. So uh, hopefully that comes together. And, by the way, I should say, I said I was on furlough. I was not on furlough. I just happened to be in the Apex, and uh, Cold Coffee was outside talking to Benil Darius. So, uh, but man, when we don't have these pre-fight interviews, I'm telling you, it's funny. I was talking to 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 CM Punk the other day uh, before CFC 82, and he he was saying the same thing that uh, that that, I, that we've been saying, you know, here on the road all along. It's just like, man, it changes the the feel going into the fight and your 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 knowledge base and your depth of of what you think you bring to the table because you haven't had a chance to really pick the minds at all. So yeah, I know. Crimea River, right? But anyway, I was not on furlough. I just happened to not get a chance to talk to him before the fight or after the fight. Uh, quickly back to UFC 252, man. Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Chito Vera, phenomenal co-main event there. Um, I, I did end up picking Sean O'Malley in this in this uh, fight, but I'm gonna tell you right now, if you think that uh, Cheeto is just gonna roll over for him, uh, man, Marlon Vera is is a tough tough out. This is gonna be a stiff test, and you know if Sean O'Malley does prove victorious here. I don't know that uh, that, that he's going to get maybe as much credit and shine as he deserves, man. I mean, this was – Marlon's a tough test. He really, really is. And it's funny. We were doing uh, spinning back click the other day, and we were talking about this. Uh, I was on hosting duties, and we had gorgeous George Goes from MMA Junkie Radio, Nolan King as well. All three of them said they were picking Marlon Vera upsets. So that shocked me a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely giving Marlon Vera a chance, man. I, I really am. But I was surprised that all three of them were picking upsets. So – uh, there you go. I mean, I think it's a stiffer test than, than people realize. Uh, Junior Santos versus Jairzinho Rosenstrike, amazing fight, uh, hilarious that they both train at American Top Team uh, right now. Now they haven't been training together, of course not for the camp, but from from what I understand, they just never really trained together before anyway. So not like any secrets being a given away there. I mean, that, that camp is huge, the facility's huge. Uh, you know, you, you can have a lot of bodies in there and not cross paths. So uh, pretty pretty interesting though, nonetheless. Um, I'll tell you what. I ended up leaning towards JDS on this one. Uh just thinking the the technique, uh, the the evasion is, is still gonna be there over the you know the the ridiculous one shot power, but we shall see. We we shall see. Um I kinda went with the veteran angle on this one. I know Strike is dangerous, but I went with the veteran angle. Uh, Herbert Burns, Daniel Pineda could be a lot of fun there. That one got promoted to the main card. Of course, Herbert Burns wants to replicate what his uh, his brother's been doing. And, and I got to say, man, Marab Davalashvili, I am a huge Marab Davalashvili fan. Love John Dodson too, but I think Marab is the real deal. I do think he's a future champion uh, in this sport and uh, in the UFC. So, um, man, just relentless, nonstop, smothering um, man, he's, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Rob. So, uh, I, I, uh, I think, I think he's going to win here as well. So, um, but let's do this. Uh, I, I said that cold coffee would be here and, uh, I'll, I'll get to that cold coffee and, uh, Oscar Willis from the Mac life is he's been known as uh, as hot tea as of late. I know he spent a lot of time on the show and we appreciate him giving so much of his time. Uh, man, he's certainly become kind of a fixture of this show, man. I mean, we've, Hell, we've been on the road together for quite quite a bit now, and especially in this pandemic era. So we always enjoyed having him before. He's damn near a, a guest host these days, but uh, or or, a, or an actual host. It might be the MMA Roadshow with with John Morgan and Oscar Willis, especially if we go back over to, to Fight Island for five weeks. But uh, anyway, those two guys were at the press conference tonight, um, which is the first press conference we've had, if you can believe this, the first in-person press conference that we've had. Since March. Since all the way back when it was Habib and Tony Ferguson on stage with Tony Ferguson with the baseball and all that. Remember that? Remember <laughs> does that seem like a world ago? Uh anyway, uh those guys are back in Vegas and uh they're getting to experience that so they were kind enough to, to get in and uh and, and share some of their thoughts on just kind of the overall experience and and uh and, and, and what they took out of today.
3: Well thank you, John. Yes, here we are in Vegas here at uh my home, the Casa de Cold Coffee, which just feels weird me saying that. It's to just hear it home, yourself. yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't kind of have the swagger of, of when John says it. But to my left is the award nominated hot tea. <laughs> Even though uh, I should should put a right in to change your name to hot tea instead of uh, uh Oscar Willis, whoever that For a guy second, is. I
4: actually thought you had forgotten my name, and that's quite entertaining
3: <laughs> to me. <laughs> no, it's just been a long day. It's been a long day, and you've you've been sitting next to me freaking out over uh, the uh, Slack and the, all the different little changes. I'm sure if any of you guys, this whole time at home, everybody's using all these different instant messaging things. One of the ones we use from work is Slack, and it makes this god-awful noise, which I think when I first started using the program, I was like, oh, that's a unique sound. Now it is the sound of fingernails grating down a chalkboard
4: my uh my ex-girlfriend used to have her text tone on her iPhone used to be like that little whistle thing and but that it's like, you know, the Pavlovian conditioning you do to a dog. Like you're, like, <laughs> by the end of the relationship, every time I heard the whistle, like, walking down the street, someone yeah. else had the same time. Fucking bitch.
3: When, like, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to stab somebody. I'm yeah. going to stab somebody.
5: Oh, <laughs> who's that text? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay,
3: enjoy your coffee. <laughs> All right. So here we are in Vegas, uh, like John said. So today we uh, just got done. You know, like I said, we are almost like because we just finished cutting some videos and stuff from the UFC 252 presser that just took place at the Apex. And uh, it was kind of interesting to be back in a a presser setting. It's funny because, like you had mentioned, um, being in that building kind of shifted the days off because normally we only go into that building tomorrow for the weigh-ins. Right. But going in there today, um, it was kind of interesting, you know, to, you know, you had the video playing like you would normally see in one of the big arenas. You know, they're playing their little promo video, but there were only probably about maybe 12 tables in the room, something. I think 20 media. Twenty there. media. Yep. So twelve tables spread out. You know, out. kind of spread out and everything. You know, the fighting was there, Kevin Oli was there, uh, Okamoto was there. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> you know, a few other randoms, you know, were there. So it was kinda of, it was fun to see, but it was good. It was good to kind of be back in that thing, you know, uh be in front of a fighter and just be something um different than what we've been dealing with. Now when we deal with the fighter, it's always just this either at least in my aspect of dealing with it's just post-fight guys just sitting one guy at a table um i know in abu dhabi they did some pre-fight ones for you guys you actually got to see a fighter there at the podium you know before you did uh i mean not too dissimilar to the post-fight stuff though you know it's still everybody asking them the same questions and and still kind of distant so it was kind of nice to see two fighters at a podium together with dana kind of in the middle you know kind of it just felt normal you know it felt like it was like a step back into the normal direction um so give me your thoughts a little bit uh, about um, here we are. We're at a huge moment where a lot of people are talking about whether this fight is, um, you know, the, the the heavyweight goat. You know, you have one career that's ending. We'll talk a little bit more about that. You have one career that's ending after this one. But what are your thoughts? Does it feel like the moment is as big to you as it would feel if we were in, say, T Mobile? The fans. build up, you know, with fans. You know, because I would like, I would think that you know, and there probably still is going to be some promos and stuff that roll for Daniel, maybe talking about his career. Even though I think the UFC could do a better job, I think, of, I think they're, they're deliberately avoiding pushing. This is Daniel's
4: last fight, in case he doesn't. Well, I remember they Sorry to interrupt, but I remember ages ago they rolled this promo when he was a light heavyweight, uh, and it spoke about all the hardships he'd been in his life, and it was like one by one, he it was, he was narrating like. When I was this year old. Yeah. And that was a beautiful. I have it saved somewhere in my community. A beautiful movie piece. Now would be the time to be rolling those sort of pieces right. out. Right. You know, if he's only going to do it one more time, wouldn't you try and be garnering all this as much support for the guy as you could? Right. But I just get the feeling they. Don't really want to acknowledge that until they really have to you know
3: until they know for sure <laughs> <laughs> until they offer him 10 million and he won't he doesn't say and yes then he's like no i'm finally done i'm finally done yeah. but yeah it was interesting to kind of uh see it in but just go jumping to the, the 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 question before we get to the first uh sound bite because i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw a little audio to you guys from dana we'll throw a little steep and a little dc but i'm not gonna make i'm gonna keep it short and sweet but um before we get to Dana, you know, there's all this talk of these two guys are fighting for the GOAT status.
4: Yes. Yeah, sorry, you did ask. I didn't get it. I, I For me, when you talk about the heavyweight GOAT, right, there's Fedor, there's these two, there's Kane, and I think Vadum would be sort of like the outlier, but you could build a case for him. And really, I've just sort of reached a point where I can't can't put my finger and separate one from the rest and be like, that's definitively the guy. Yeah. So... I've kind of reached a point where I don't actually care. So sure, yeah. The yeah. winner of this fight is the best ever. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's like, the sure. pa- that's
3: the pandemic as well yeah, getting to like, us. I
4: mean, like, should, if you want to say, sure, why not? Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think uh, I would say if Miocic won this one, he'd probably have the stronger case.
3: Right. But
4: fine, yeah, sure. Call me yeah. as well.
3: You're right, and it's sort of tough. You know, I feel like sometimes these these big. Phrases and things is kind of thrown down our, our our throats to kind of make fights bigger. You know, yeah, it's, like well, the, yeah. it's almost like there was this giant promotional company that's trying to tell us that this yeah. is going to be the best thing ever. Um, but I, I guess I do in I do see the value in this fight when knowing that one guy is going to step away, and especially a fighter that's given us a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely do see that there is some value in that, and I know a lot of people are talking. And really promoting this fight to be something big, and 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 you know, but outside of us talking about it, let's let this this guy. You might have heard of him before. His name's Dana. What do you think he'll do? You think he'll big it up, or do you think he'll say again? Do you think he'll like hype the fight you up? Think or might, do you, I don't know. I know he's done it in the past. I wonder if he'll do it this time around. I think he's gonna go low key. I think, think, hey, tune think in, key? you know, like guys, listen, I get it. The card, <laughs> I mean, the
4: cards are mixed and matched right now.
3: But when you consider his his uh, Connor intros for the Connor Mayweather oh, as yeah. the high bar. Everything is low bar <laughs> <This> is <true. laughs> below he should, that.
4: He should do that in the empty apex when it's just us. Like, raining defending. It's like, wow, there's 20 feet
1: That would there's, be, there's so, people here. That'd be so incredible. Yeah.
3: All right, but enough of us jabbing about it. Let's hear Dana uh, promote what he thinks about this
6: fight and what this fight means to the UFC.
7: Where does this fight rank in terms of the biggest fights that
3: you've had in your career with the UFC? Yeah, it's
6: massive, and obviously the trilogy. You know, I, I look at this fight, like um you know everybody that i've been talking to i've been doing media all week i just got off an hour and 15 minute call with rogan who's losing his mind you know me and rogan geek out before these fights all the time and this one is is one of those uh i i'd have to call this the best trilogy especially because of the first two fights first two first two you don't see heavyweights go at it the way that these two have in the first two fights and uh and the result you know cormier uh you know catches him with that shot in, in the first fight and, and knocks him out and, and uh, in the second fight, you know, Cormier comes out and was lighting Stipe up with some, with some big shots, uh, hurting him. He goes back to the corner and uh, they make some adjustments. You see that shit in like the movies and, and with really, really great fighters where you go back and make a couple adjustments in the corner and come out and do what Stipe did in the second fight. Um, both of these guys are super aggressive. They're both incredible athletes. They're two of the best ever. And Saturday you find out who's the best heavyweight of all time. It just it doesn't get any better than this. It's the best.
3: Okay, I think it was a little bit – it was a mix. It was a little low ball. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it wasn't... He brought it back at the end. He brought it back a little bit. He brought (laughs) it back a little bit. But clearly, you can see this fight does mean a lot to Dana. It does mean a lot to the UFC. I mean, it's hard for it to not, um, especially when you're taking into account what Dana's meant for it. And (laughs) and if you guys uh, are what Daniel has meant for them, and and you uh, go to YouTube and listen to the full interview. You can actually hear uh, Daniel really sort of talk a little bit about... Why he thinks that he got these sort of fights. They were not gimmies. These are fights he earned. Uh, and I didn't take his bit of audio. I'd rather you kind of go and, and give you a reason to listen to the full interview. Because there were some really great choice uh, moments. But before we get to Daniel, let's talk about the champ. Uh, Stipe, uh, it's, it's great to see him. One, uh, what did you think of how they looked? A svelte. Right? Toyed like a tiger. They looked really, really good. I know uh, leading into this, everybody had been saying, like, oh, my goodness, they, they've they lost so much weight. They're coming in lean and mean. And they really did look lean and mean. Um, Steep,
4: is special. And the hair as yeah. well. Oh, my God. Be you look mo- sharp. Should be a model. Right? Also wearing glasses, getting ahead of those eye pokes early. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you got to watch those. But, no, I, th- I thought they both looked great. I thought Daniel looked incredible as well. Um yeah. Really, so kudos on that, and uh, if you guys haven't seen the the video, watch. They did a little face-offs as well. Um, Stipe's just a, he's a big dude, man. Um, even though they both are very lean, Daniel's gonna Daniel always puts on a decent amount of weight back after the weigh-ins before they go, so he always fills out a little bit. But just the the, the size advantage of Stipe, you could definitely sort of see it, but they did look lean I mean. What did you think of the face-offs when you saw them?
4: Face-off was good. Um Face was pretty standard. I, th- I yeah. think I think to me if we, if I'm going to like analyze the press conference I'd say we were on the ground and we did see it. Things that you might not have seen the way they were showing it. I spent a lot of time looking at one man, uh, at looking at went who wasn't talking. I would look at the guy who wasn't talking. Mm-hmm. So when someone was asked a question I'd look at the other guy because that's usually when they lower their guard and you see their natural body language. Sure. DC looked a lot more I would say tense, but focused is probably the right word. He'd, he you know there's a lot of sort of staring off Yep. into the abyss where Stipe was pretty jovial. I felt, yeah. I even felt Stipe was almost trying to pull back away from the tension and away from the rivalry. There's a couple of things where, like, he joked very early on, like, yep. "Oh, look at this guy. He's, you know, dress. I like your suit." Yep. It seemed like
3: Stipe was. That was kind of his little icebreaker. Is yeah,
4: it, it definitely felt like. I don't think. Uh, I think DC was probably waiting to see Stipe's lead and would have followed suit. I'm sure if yeah. Stipe wanted to be a cold. Like, you know, gave him the cold shoulder. I'm sure DC would have quite happily embraced that.
3: I think you're right because I think that's the sort of thing that sort of happened as the fights went on. It's weird. Yeah,
4: they were friends. This, they were. They friends. started,
3: and it was very, very jovial. You know, even when uh, I was, I'm doing a, a little piece that kind of um, for that I'm going to release tomorrow of uh, all the face-offs leading up to this. And so when you go back to look at when they were in the apex, uh, I, was the gonna top, press, the, I was just thinking
4: to myself, I was like, why? I wonder. I was like, where's my footage of the second one? And I remember
3: that was. I wasn't allowed to be at that one because <laughs> you're a bad boy. But no, in the in the apex, the, uh, they did a little they did a little face off, and it's funny because Daniel sort of like kind of I jolly and way. just kind of touched him with his on his chin. And I was like, man, that you know, if they were in a worse case, like imagine if if that was if Stepe was like uh, Nate Diaz and somebody tried to be all funny, funny and and touch his chin, yeah, yeah, shit would all shit would just go to hell. I you think know? if
4: they did that now. It
3: probably wouldn't fly. It wouldn't be the same. You're right. Something along the line. Something along the lines changed a little, and that just could be. And it's not like they ever really talked a lot of junk. I think it's just competition, pure competition, and one guy winning, another guy losing, and then knowing that just sort of shows the stakes for this fight. Like they are fully vested and know that they need to win this fight.
4: It's, It's not just the losses, though. I think it's the way the winner handled the loss and how the loser felt about the loss because the the most interesting thing to me about this third fight is the aftermath of the first fight is the exactly the same that happened after the second fight DC won the first fight and Stipe said that was a fluke you need to let me run that back yep and then DC fucked off for a year yep. chasing a Brock fight. Yep. yep. And DC lost to Steep, and DC said, "Look, I lost because I was being a dickhead. That was kind of a fluke. You've got to let me run that back." Stipe and then like, Steep. Sorry, we got a fucking yeah.
3: pandemic going yeah, on. Yeah, Stipe took off for you, and I, right. I
4: feel like it's in there that the tension arose. They both sort of felt that the because they're so competitive, and and when yeah. you. They're so competitive, I don't believe they'll ever admit, like, oh, he was better than me. They'd, they'd find reasons why they weren't better that night, you know? Yeah. They're so competitive.
3: But I think at least listening to DC, I He's, I an, do, an, he's an analyst, though, you know? And I, I can see where he could, at at the end of it, because he's, he's done as much with, I think, with the Jones stuff. When he's talked about his losses, Um, he mans up. He doesn't... I don't think he... He might make... Slight excuses at times about stuff, but he mans up about it, and I, I think Stepe would do the same. I think after it's all said and done, I think so. he probably could say, you know, yeah, he, you know, whoever was the better of the two of us, but. I sure gave him a run. I, mean, I sure, you know, I, mean, I sure I'd did be, something. I'd be
4: interested to hear Cormier talk about the Jones fights if he was like a natural light heavyweight. Yeah, and he couldn't have won the, the heavyweight belt if he just stayed at two hundred five and never got that third fight with Jones. Yeah, how would he look at you know the Stipe was such a redemption for him? Like, oh, I don't need John. I can. this yeah. is my legacy. And it
3: was just good. I think good for his soul. Like Daniel like put so much of himself in there, hence the the tears after the losses. You know, he he wears his heart on the sleeve. You know, so I think getting that win was very good for his soul just in the sense of like i think he was really starting to have some doubts of where he actually stood um i knew he he had his moments of greatness and he knew he was one of the best fighters ever but by being able to jump back into his natural weight class and to take the guy down that at the time everybody was like this is the dude that's gonna be the greatest heavyweight of all time you know
4: i think that's another interesting thing about the fight you know the best fights I find are the ones you just can't predict, right? The ones that yep. you go, I haven't got a fucking clue what's going to happen. There's a few of those, that are like Jose versus Conor, when they fought, hadn't got a clue. I remember Jones versus DC when they fought the first time, hadn't got a clue what was going to happen. Yep. It was just, and I feel a little bit like that with this. But a part of the reason why I feel like that is both of these guys are so intelligent. Yeah, you know, so it's it, it, watching the press conference today was almost like a a weird sort of mental game of like chicken yeah like oh you know i'm gonna wrestle he's gonna go for the body shots and they're both looking at- i just don't know i think f- could it, and it was- almost
3: like they're waiting for the first person to break like who's yeah. who's gonna take something too personal or but they never really jabbed too far i think they were very they were very very polite but there were, there were a couple of moments i think even in that inner that uh exchange where dc was sort of prodding a little bit yeah. you know like let's be real you know you're gonna go there yeah, you know yeah, you're yeah. gonna take it down like stipe could have you know engaged he could have took it, but stipe being typical well, stipe was just like oh you're right you're right and he's like oh you you talking to me like my like my woman talks to I'll me you what, <laughs> if, you,
4: if you ever want to uh, dc gave one of the ultimate mind games if you ever want to learn this guys if you accuse someone of saying or thinking something and then immediately go see look at your face look at your face they'll always mm-hmm. break they'll always break you'll always get them like that and that's what he did today
3: yeah well let's 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 play a little bit of stipe because you know if anybody's watched any Stipe, uh interviews over the years, he's a very... Colorful, brash. Yeah, he just <laughs> long-winded. He just tells <laughs> yabba, 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 stories. Yabba, yabba. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, and you'll hear in this, uh, Stipe was typical Stepe. you know, uh, you know, it was very short answers and stuff, but this is a little uh, exchange that happened, and and some of your questions there... Uh, they Topred were the best well. ones. They were the best <laughs> ones, so I, I just cut just those out, but um, here's a little bit of Stipe, you know, cause I think a lot of people building into this, everybody it ha, is a, very focused on Daniel going in this. It seems, and you know, everybody knows it's his last fight. So a lot of people seem to be focused in on Daniel and a reporter asked him about that. And, uh, and then our lovely hot tea jumped in after that. But here's the exchange that started with, uh, Stipe answering what he thought about daniel getting all the love coming into this fight
5: and I, I guess you know the
6: rubber matches are always great especially when you have two of the best of all time um but is, is it a little bit difficult knowing he's going away because you know you're uh, you know
5: he's getting a lot of attention because he's retiring is that is that bug you or are you just happy to let him kind of
0: get all the, uh, and do all the interviews and do all that good.
5: thing he can take it all man it's all good I'm, i don't mind it I, listen good for him and i'm just gonna hang, hang out in the back
0: Stipe, you
4: attributed a lot of Daniel's success in the last fight to your slow start. How do you stop that from happening again?
5: Don't let it happen again. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I just, um, you know, he's got a great pace and, you know, he's a great fighter. And, and, uh, you know, I let him dictate what's the beginning of the fight, which I can't let that happen. I got to do what I do and, you know, I plan on not letting it happen again.
4: You've been thinking about this guy for almost, like, three years at this point. (laughs) What's it like to finally know that you're, you're nearing the end of that?
5: Thank God we're done with this, you know. I mean, it's, been, it's been great, it's been fun, a lot going on, you know, rubber, rubber match, whatever everyone wants, a trilogy. You know, but when it's all said and done, it's going to be over.
4: When you guys started this, you were amicable. You even spoke about making sure you made the most money before your first fight. Has it become a personal rivalry or is it just competitive?
5: Well, I think it's always personal whenever you fight because, you know, they're trying to do something, they're trying to beat you, you know, you, they're trying to, you know, take something away from you. And I mean, I got no ill will towards the man, you know, and, you know, and. He's gonna have, you know, go to retirement. You know, God bless him, and wish nothing but the best for
4: him. Hopefully, they're still around after that long and rambling response by <laughs> Stipe.
3: Super there. long Stipe. but typical Stipe. But I thought Steepy was in—he was in good humor. I thought Daniel was in good humor. And you mentioned something earlier, and, and it just came back to me when you—you you were saying that you were watching the fighters and where they were looking. You know, as the other guys talking, I wonder if part of it with Daniel. Is because Daniel is such a cerebral fighter. He's just a he's just a very thoughtful person. I wonder if part of you know knowing that this is the last fight week is just taking a little bit of it in, making sure that he's saying the right things, but also just taking this in because you know. And it comes up, and this is one of the things that you know he'll talk about. He he talks about the moments. It's it's about these these moments in time that mean something, you know. And I wonder if some of even this presser, he might have even address it at some point. You know, he enjoys being in front of people, being able to interact. That's why I mean for him being able to be like a wrestling coach and being someone that actually engages our youth today and bring them up I think he's a perfect spouse person. Not that I don't think Stepe would be either. I mean, Stepe one he does well, civil Stipe service. Stipe I mean, it's just Stepe <laughs> just doesn't talk that much. Like he's he, he'd be the kind of dad where it's like he's like son, don't listen to my words. Just do what I do. Well, you I know? mean,
4: to be honest, <laughs> very few people can listen
3: to Stepe's words because I'm garbled. Yeah. It's an Ohio thing, maybe. Is it really? <laughs> I you, don't know. It's like well, most is- people can't understand me because I just talk with my foot in my mouth half the time but that's an Ohio thing as well we could have gone there earlier this year if it wasn't for fucking COVID dude I was so bummed that was gonna be like that was like my first event after like my surgery recovery I was so stoked I was like dude work's gonna pay for me to go back home and I'm gonna show everybody all my favorite spots you promised me a bar or two and oh, I, like, I, I had a few I had a few in line for you and then the universe just said no <laughs> it was probably I, I tend to believe most things happen for a reason so it was probably good I couldn't take you back to my hometown uh, yeah. <laughs> they were like they were like Ken just stay away just stay out there in Vegas <laughs> you, you and that bloke you brought here you're done yeah, you're both yeah. You're both written off. Um, All right, well, let's jump over to DC because, you know, I want to get back to John and we'll we'll get you guys out of here. I know this episode's, you know, probably not the shortest either. But this moment, um, what are your thoughts on, you know, I know for me, you know, being a a fan of DC and also it's funny when I when I think of DC and some of the just crazy moments over time. I know we've talked about it before um, when DC and John. Um, when their stuff all started, and when that popped off at the MGM, when they got in a fight uh, there at the face-offs, and you know everybody wrestles, the backdrop drops, Dave Schaller gets pushed back, Jones goes one way, DC gets pulled another way, his shoe goes his third shoe way. goes <laughs> flying, and I knocked his flying shoe down, and eventually hit a couple other reporters on the way down, and <laughs> Shout I remember out, I, Heidi <laughs> Fang. <laughs> And I saw Daniel after that, and I wanted to bring it up, but at the time I didn't really hadn't really seen Daniel much, and I didn't feel comfortable enough to be like this UFC staffer that's like, "Hey man, I caught your shoe, I I blocked your (laughs) shoe down." All of a sudden, I'm a server. Hey man, like your shoe was like flying through the air, and I like (laughs) knocked it down, so it didn't hit any other reporters. But uh, but I didn't get it. Where it's like, I feel like I could bring that conversation up with him now and it could probably get a good hearty laugh because a lot of the emotion and time has passed yeah. that he could he can reflect on those moments a lot better than probably if I would have said it like a couple weeks after the event um but so now that we're at this moment of where this gentleman's not going to be there fighting for us anymore there it's I don't want to say sad's not the right word but it's just like When you see these moments in MMA or any, I guess, particular sport where you see a a player reach the end of their career, there is something sad about that moment, knowing that you're not going to get to see them fight again. So part of watching that today, I was kind of taken in and, and, you know, uh, was appreciating having this moment. But I don't know. what, What did you think? Knowing... You know, you're listening to, da- uh, to Daniel up there, and, and I know we said that he's he's wonderful to listen because he's just such a smart dude. Um, but what did you think when you were watching him, knowing that this is one of the last uh, press conferences that you're going to see him at?
4: Well, yeah, I, I, I uh – I have to be honest, I, I, I understand that Daniel, uh, quite a lot of fans don't like Daniel, they, uh, the eye-pokes with Stipe, is very popular as well, I know there's like a, a quite large contingency of guys who just sort of don't, for whatever reason Daniel doesn't really click with them, and I I actually get that, like he's got a bit of a jock personality, there's a lot of like, you know, sort of, mm-hmm. maybe he wouldn't be doing this, but he reminds me of a guy who used to flick my balls in the changing rooms. <laughs> um, he probably wouldn't be. there. Uh, everybody that. had one of those guys, right? You know, like, <laughs> just like just fucking around. I to think the it's guy. like a school sport thing. I remember on my football s- team. Yeah. we all used to rack Whipping each other and- the towels and shit like that. You know, so I can understand why some people might not particularly enjoy that. But for me, man, uh, covering the sport, uh, 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 there are so many fighters in this game. Well, let me sorry, not to ramble, but let me start. A play. I remember when I first got into sport, people were saying, oh, you have to be objective. You can't prefer one fighter to another. Yeah. And I completely bought into that. I, I completely believed it. After doing this for a few years, that's that's basically physically impossible. Not even yeah. like I prefer this human being to this human being. But this person, if I ask him this question, he's going to give me a good answer. And if I ask this person this question, he's going to go, yeah, great. So obviously you're going to prefer to talk to the person who's got an interesting thing to say. Then you come into the business thing. Well, this guy's going to get me more views versus this guy. So obviously you're evo- eventually over time going to prefer certain people to others. In a sport full of people who say, oh, "I want to do whatever the UFC wants me to do." I've heard this answer a thousand times. Yeah. So I'm going to repeat it to you. <laughs> you know, just like guys right. who don't think this is what I'm supposed to say at these things. Yeah, this is this is what I've heard before. Yeah. Daniel Cormier is an absolute. Gem of a human to talk to. Not even like even just in scrums, it's not even like he's answering my questions. Just when he's answering questions, they're thoughtful, they're provoking. They have a start, middle, and end. They have a a logical like consistency to them. He's a fascinating person. He's an expert at this field. And to me, he's always been one of my favorite. I could I could listen to Daniel Cormier talk for like an hour about any you know you throw him a subject, he could talk about it, he could share an anecdote, and I would never get bored. Yeah, I could not say the same about. A lot of other people. What like if it? we
3: can get Daniel to do like bedtime stories? She so could just listen to Daniel, and his his voice would just talk you to sleep. Who would have the best bedtime stories in MMA? That's a good question. We <laughs> <laughs> send your answer to the postcard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hijacked your thread there. No, but no, I started you, thinking about because yeah, then <laughs> I was you, like, I wonder who because be you're the best. like, I can listen to Daniel. I was like, I wonder if somebody had trouble sleeping. They're like Daniel Cormier talks you to sleep, but in a polite and thoughtful way.
4: I don't know who I'd say, w- who's got the best voice. I mean, he's one of the most interesting, but as far as like who would I like to read me a bedtime story, I mean, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Alan J Bann's not bad. <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah, he's all right.
3: I bet Jim Miller could tell some good stories. He
4: could probably, Dustin, but po- then Dustin pr- Poirier, I'd, Dustin, I'd like, he's yeah. got a nice little Louisiana vibe to it.
3: Yeah, I like it. Went Mike really Perry, sideways. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody had <have> fucking nightmares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I told this to motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Wait, well, hey, well, we talked a little bit about Steve, and I know, or I'm sorry, about Daniel, and, and we could go on and go on, but I, I, I joked with John. I was like, dude, me and. Me and Oscar, we'll just say a few things. We'll just say a few things. And I knew that it would get long-winded, yeah, I love which it. is great. I, lo- I love I love, having you on, and, and I'm glad you came and decided to come watch me get frustrated cutting my videos here at my house. Wow, well, you do get a little bit you grumpy. Were the, you were the voice of reason. Well, you I kept trying
4: reaching over and touching your arm, <laughs> being like, it's okay. You're like, no, it's not okay. I'm like, okay, I guess it's not okay. I'll leave you alone.
3: <laughs> I love it. All right. uh, so, so, so DC. All right. So, and again, this is to spotlight, not just to take the easy way out. Because I wanted to find a, 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 a clip. <laughs> this is to spotlight the award nominated hot tea for uh, the MMA. Fuck! You see all journalist. these jokes? You
4: guys are gonna regret it so much when I if I MacLife pick up that fucking it, award. Hey, if mate. you pick
3: up that win, then I, I want to I want. Uh, you gotta buy me drinks or something. A, a physical name check on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you gotta you gotta thank me for something. Um, but let's go to let's go to DC and let's uh, let's hear a little bit of, of DC. And, I, and I'm sorry, I know if you guys want to hear uh, the full interviews on this, please feel free to go to MMA Junkies YouTube channel or to our uh, website, <laughs> another award nominated uh, <laughs> site to get the full audio. But um, let's toss it to DC and and he. This is, you know, like we have been talking about, you know, these big moments where we thought DC was sort of embracing it. This question was posed to him, you know, when it was talking about these big moments and and what these meant to DC. And uh, this is DC's answer on to uh, what this moment means to him.
4: If you win on Saturday and walk away as the World Heavyweight Champion, is that the greatest exit we've seen
7: in mixed martial arts to date? um in mixed martial arts yes but then i think it puts you right alongside the greatest sports athletes of all time um michael jordan won with the bulls when they beat the jazz unfortunately he came back i won't come back peyton manning won a super bowl in his last season it it would put me in that type of sphere with some of the greatest athletes that have ever competed across any sport so when i win on saturday i will retire in that way Hey guys, Jim Greese, cage side seat. DC, just to follow up on that, with all due respect, um, how important is it
3: for you to go out on top from the standpoint of not only getting the belt back, you talked about fighting your fight, but as you get set to retire, DC, all-time great, light heavyweight, but John Jones. DC, all-time great heavyweight, but Stipe. How much is it to avoid that sting of, of having that twice. Well, with this that fight. would
7: be – I'm, I'm a guy with a big ego, and that would suck. I mean, I, I got to be honest, you know, to think that there would be two guys in my career that were just better than me, and I had multiple chances to beat them, and I didn't get it done. Yeah, it would suck. But, um, you know, I didn't – Dana didn't just go, hey, D.C., I love you. You're a great guy. Fight for all these championships. I earned these opportunities, right? So all this all – this, um, all these tough guys that I fight, again, 10 title fights in a row, that's all earned. It's not because they like me. You know, These guys aren't my friends to the point that they just give me championship fights. I train, I fight, and I win. That's why I continue to find myself in these positions. But all this pressure is earned. The pressure of fighting a guy like Stipe Miocic, the pressure of fighting a guy like John Jones twice. When Jones beat me and he got in trouble, I beat everybody else until he got back. And then I beat everybody else again until I fought Stipe. So all this shit's earned, man. this isn't given, and I think people need to recognize and realize that
6: you've talked you've had to talk a lot today about being your last fight and you know everything about that. but how important is a moment like to have a moment to walk off on
7: you know it's it's all about moments it's all about moments, right? The moment when you win your first title, you know the moment that you win both titles and you're sitting atop the cage and the fan adulation those things are are important but this moment, I believe, will be bigger than any of them. You don't get to bask in all the people screaming, but you get to fight in that environment right there, in that cage, with just that small amount of people, and they can hear the punches. We hit each other a lot last fight. Could you imagine what you're gonna hear Saturday night when we're punching each other? It's gonna be fantastic. I mean, I can't wait for it. And
6: along those same lines, like, I guess the downside of having a moment is that you're like, oh, I could do this again. And, you've had that's, that.
7: That, and that's, the, that's the problem, right, with most athletes. When you do that, you feel like, oh, I can, I'm the best in the world. Because, again, most guys in my position, when they're talking about being done, they're on the prelim somewhere. Or they're there they're, uh, they're for some young guy to beat, right, and elevate himself off of their name. That's not me. I'm fighting to be the best in the world. So on Saturday when I win, I'm the best in the world. But you got to be comfortable walking away as the best in the world. Or eventually you're going to end up on the prelims for somebody to beat you and build off of your name. It's just the way the game works. And I do realize, Oscar,
3: after listening or before going in that segment, that we're, I think we drink more when John's here. I think I talk better when John's here. More lucid. Maybe more lucid. The vocal cords are more lubricated. I, which means I haven't done a good job of of providing – frosty beverages for us well, i will give you one though before before we uh before we leave as payment oh wow of cool.
4: is uh I actually i text john the other day do you remember that time we did that show where we had like the new sponsors booze i can't remember what it was and i think you were deep throating the microphone <laughs> 10 seconds into the show so <laughs> that's,
3: Well, that's like every show yeah, to be honest I, I text john i said which one was the drunk show and he went Fucking all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah okay, I guess it's so. true. Like whenever somebody asks me that, New Orleans will always be my like, like when somebody says, "What's the drunkest you've ever been?" Like, New Orleans by far was our our um, the bar tour on the road where I almost got in a fight. We were at a strip club. <laughs> we were <laughs> throwing beads. We saw. I mean, it was it was glorious. But That's I think I, I think I went back and listened to it one time. Like it's like. When I when I think about it and I look back in my head, I'm, it's like scary. I'm, it's so embarrassing, but that night it was probably one of the greatest nights ever. It's New Orleans, but man. we were seriously. Well,
4: my, my parents like to blasted. listen. To, my parents like to listen to these shows because I guess you know it's nice to like listen to that kid, and they both were just like, yeah, it started off fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they were like by the end, none of you were making any sense. You you are like a you are a fast running train once you get going. Once you have a few like yeah. your first few beers, I mean, I love I mean I love chatting with you regardless. But I mean like there, I remember when we were watching a sporting event, uh, it went downhill quick because you're very you're an avid sports lover. And I remember we had a few drinks and I was just like, wow, Oscar gets loud.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, even I know there's a, there's a very definitive like. 90 degree angle of going from fine to maybe he's not fine. And then it's, yeah,
3: right. I know. But I think that's what, that's what, that's what you guys listen for, right? You're like, (laughs) yes, I better Willie fuck up today. (laughs) (laughs) They should have a listener rating. Like this show was a three beer show because they seemed somewhat lucid through the whole piece. There you go. This show was a six pack. They were shit showed by the end. (laughs) All right. Well, that's enough of us rambling. Um, Oscar, thank you so much, uh, for, much for for me. for coming over and uh, doing the work. John, we're gonna toss it back over to you, uh, and then toss each other. <laughs> <laughs> now somehow we just fast forward to a six beer yeah, show. Sorry, man, All of sorry. a sudden we just jumped the to the joke to a was just
4: there. Show. I just wanted
0: it. There you go. <laughs>
3: sorry, there it is. All right, we're gonna toss it back to you, John. Thanks so much.
0: All right, there you go cold coffee, hot tea, Oscar Willis from the World MMA Award, nominated themaclife.com. By the way, MMA Junkies nominated too. If you haven't voted in the World MMA Awards, go vote for MMA Junkie, please, or the Mac Life. I can go with the Mac Life if you, if you want to go with them. They, they do some good things as well. And, of course, uh, Journalist of the Year, I am humbly nominated as well. I would appreciate a vote there if you don't mind. It would it'd be very nice. Uh, all right, now here's the part where we admit I have no idea what they had to say. <laughs> Unfortunately, the press conference is going on at the same time as uh, my, my fights tonight at CFFC 83. So I just set up a little space for them to to enter in right there. So uh, I don't know what they said. I'm sure it was insightful. I bet it was. Uh, I'll be I'll be listening as intently as you guys are or were or however that works. I want to check it out too. Uh, let me leave you with one other conversation I had I had a chance to catch up today earlier uh, with Marvin Vittori and you say why are you giving me all these conversations well I'm going on uh, I'm going back on furlough next week so I can't do much with this uh, next week unfortunately for MMA Junkie so I gotta get it out now otherwise we can't do anything on Junkie with it Uh, so that's the rules so there you go you guys are the beneficiary of that had a chance to talk to Marvin Vittori as well you may have seen he called out Chris Weidman uh, on social media he's sticking with that but He's taking all comers, man. He wants everybody. I, I, I'm a big fan of this kid, too, man. He's a little bit of a hothead. He's excitable. He wants to beat everybody in the weight class. Uh, he's over in Italy right now. So uh, I, I had a chance to, to reach out to him and speak to him as well. So I wanted to share that one with you. Here's, here's Marvin Vittori. What's going on, man?
8: I'm good. Thank you very much for, uh, for making the, the, how do you call it? the changes to, to call me here.
0: <laughs> for sure man for sure well so i guess, i guess you're back in italy now what uh what are you doing over there a little vacation or seeing family what's going on
8: yeah i i got back to italy i needed to see family and and and, and just like reset for a second uh, i'm still training i'm still i'm still doing all my stuff but um, cause I, I can't. i really can't stop I, I, everybody tell me oh you, you should stop for a little bit like it's fine today. i can't i just I, I just can't so i'm still training and uh but i'm here and i'm i'm i'm, I'm chilling for a little bit and uh, i'll be back by by the by the end of august already so it's not it's not going to be that long but i'm here I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna reset recharge the piles and and, 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 and uh, recharge the battery batteries and then uh, i'll be back stronger
0: i love it man i mean obviously italy's a beautiful place man that's a great place to go recharge the batteries how's how's family and everything i know i think you said your family you know everything was pretty good even though italy went through, through a tough spot you said your family held in there pretty fine yeah, yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it, my family is fine, and uh, the whole situation here it's, it's better now, and uh, they're 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 slowly getting back to normal, and um, so yeah, no, it's good. I mean, yeah, plus, like I said, seeing family friends always always great, and uh, but, you know, the situation here is pretty fine.
0: Awesome. I guess the big question is, has that bonus check come in yet? You got an extra fifty grand to spend while you're over there.
8: Uh, it did, it did, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember you telling me, oh, you were you gonna you gonna be checking your account every day, but now you finally got in and uh, yeah, yeah, I did.
0: Nice. Have you uh have you enjoyed yourself at all? Not to get in your personal finances, but to do anything fun for yourself? or are you just banking it, and being uh, the responsible investor? What's the plan?
8: Uh, I mean, both. You know, like I feel like you have to you have to invest a part save another and then uh, eventually and and, then for sure like enjoying another one too because you know at the end of the day we don't bring no money in our in our grave you know so (laughs) we we gotta go life too so and i'm young and for sure like sometimes enjoying enjoying it makes even makes everything better because you're more motivated when i go back at least for for myself you know i know I know I, I I get happy with enjoying it a little bit, and uh, it makes me even more motivated to get back to to training. I don't get lost in the, in, in 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 enjoying the the the, the, the money or like in, in general like in parties and stuff, you know. So it's good. It's it's about balance too. But I definitely enjoying and, and spending some money, you know, for 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 the enjoyment part. It's definitely
0: definitely good no doubt man you gotta enjoy it all right well let's talk about it man you 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 took the social media you took the twitter you made it clear your target right now is chris weidman why uh why is chris weidman in your radar right now
8: well because like i feel like he got back in the mix and um it's a great fight i think uh he's a former champ it'd be nice to have him on to have a win on my record against him and uh um you know it's I think it just makes sense. A lot of people turn me down, and uh, a lot of people are either injured, have an excuse, or they have a fight coming up, or or, or they're not as active. Um, you know, like I, I I like any fight, but like this this fight makes more sense than any other. I think uh, it'll be it'll be a great fight, entertaining fight to watch, and um, I I want I want my name I want his name on on my record, so.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. You beat a former champ. That says a lot. Um, have you gotten any response yet? I mean, uh, have you gotten any feel at all about if the UFC is interested or if he's interested? What's the feedback been? Uh, I don't
8: know. I, I honestly, I haven't got many answers, but um, I feel like I feel like the UFC will be will like this fight. I heard he got he got offered my name and. Uh, for now, I didn't hear no answer from him or like no response or whatsoever from uh from my posts and stuff. But you know, at one point he will have. I, I don't know how he kind of even like act like he doesn't see it because. So.
0: Yeah, he's on social media all the time. I'm sure he saw it. So what do you think, man? Is there? You said you'd be back in the states at the end of August. I mean, do you have a deadline for him to accept this fight, or or I mean, are, are you? You know, kind of on a schedule, or is this, or is this the fight you really want? And, and maybe you will wait around a little, to see if he, he'll make up his mind. I, I don't want
8: to wait too long, and uh, ideally, like middle, middle October, uh, October, maybe all the way. But I want to fight, man. Like I don't, I don't want to wait for too long, just waiting for, for, for whatever. Like, I mean, I know, like maybe because. Of that. At the end of the day, we were fighters. We have to stay active. I feel like that's all I do. I train every day anyway. Like it's not like even even though now it should be my kind of like my my resting. I, I'm still training every day. I mean, I get back. It's not that I have to like re-get in shape and then prepare for for a fight. I I know I can get in I, I know I can be fight ready in like six weeks easily since, uh, from from the from the moment I get I get back to uh, to US. So. Yeah, I mean, middle of October will be perfect. Uh, I can wait a little bit longer, but I, I hope, man. Like they promised me, a, a name in the top fifteen, and uh, I don't know how these guys can keep getting, keep, keep getting away with, with, with uh, without accepting. It's, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. I, I don't know how they do it. I, I, really don't know because I know my name was got offer, to a lot of fucking guys, even, even, even behind me. And that's a funny thing. And. Um, back then and, and he still they still didn't accept so
0: something has to come up I like it man I know you're ready to fight anybody mid-october I'm guessing that probably means fighting in Abu Dhabi over on Fight Island uh is that okay with you man making that journey over there I
8: mean yeah I mean it's a new it's, it would be a whole new experience too and uh but I like it man whenever like things get hard whenever like um Whenever like adversities are in between, I know it gets it, it, it goes towards my way because I know I can deal with those stuff and I know like it's it's about nerves and it's about staying in, and staying with the mind in, in, with the mind in place throughout the whole time, All the time, and I know a lot of a lot of other fighters are not able to do it and he play he, like the, those situation play games play games with um, with their head, so um, so I like it. So it would be a whole new experience, but um, I, would like, I would like to fight in Abu Dhabi.
0: I dig it, man. I would love to see you over there. Uh, let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, uh, Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, it looks like it's going to be in Abu Dhabi now as well, which means the bigger cage instead of that smaller one in Vegas do you think that changes the fight at all? Does that change your opinion of what's going to happen to have that bigger cage? Um,
8: maybe a little bit, but like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that praises designer because I fought him and stuff. But I think a designer will bigger, big, bigger, smaller cage will be uh, a Costa. It's uh, just, um, yeah, it, it, Costa. I mean, Costa is a lot. Man, Costa has five fights in the UFC or maybe six max. Like what? Like it's. it's I don't. I don't believe that 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 have to be not yeah. It's it, it's just a big jack guy, and it's, it's just it, it is what it is. But it, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that toughness is not enough. Like to, there there are there there are levels of skills of skill sets that like are like some some skills are way more important than others. Toughness. It's actually. It's almost like a. Toughness it's almost like a, um, how can I call it like a, it, it, it's a it's a requirement to get there it's not even a skill it's a requirement to get to, to that to, to that to title contention right it's not even a, so you know like it's so it's not gonna be enough and, and power either power is not at the top of the uh, it's not at the top of the uh, of the food chain of the skills what to, to, to like if, if it makes sense like like there are skills that are way more important like 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 eyes Or like predicting what 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 the guy is going to do and then like reading and stuff like that like those are the skills that really matters not not fucking power and toughness that's that's those are, those are requirements
0: you're trying to be nice you're trying to be nice but i can tell you you're not impressed by him
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, It's all right it's just i yeah, I mean, I, I, it's I, I'm I'm trying not to just talk shit on everybody and then make it look like not nothing, nothing happens because I don't feel like it's nice. But I I, I, I truly want to fight everybody in this division. <laughs> uh, at one point, I, I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm I want I want to back up my words for sure. I'm not I'm not gonna be the guy that just talks and just and then run away. So. But yeah, no,
0: it, it, we'll see. But I, I see, I see how Desanya winning. Nice. All right, brother. Well, I'll let you enjoy. Uh, I'll let you enjoy Italy a little bit, man. I love that place. I've I've had the chance to visit a few times. It's so gorgeous over there. So I will let you enjoy your time. Um, what's the plan, man? Like you said, you can. Do you, you're just gonna train every day until you get back, or are you gonna enjoy, you know, a little time off? What's what's the plan? And then when you come back, do you just go straight to camp? What's what's the what's the idea?
8: Well, I mean, I'm just. I'm I'm
0: definitely kicking my
8: cardio up. I'm I'm uh, I'm drilling by myself. I'm, I'm 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 drilling. I'm I I meet up with uh, some uh, Italian coaches here with uh, that that I that was with me uh, for for a few fights and I had some training. I got some training in, and um, I'm I'm gonna meet up with some other guys and train a little bit. I'm I'm just gonna stay in check, you know. I'm gonna keep a nice a nice shape, and um, but obviously not beating my body up like like just a little more easy training and like slash relaxing but i'm still gonna be like i'm gonna be fully recharged by the time i'm back and uh and it, w- it won't take me a lot of time um, to get in like uh top shape because you know like my my, my cardio will be good and like uh my my, my weight will be good and
5: so will be fine
0: All right, so there you go. Marvin Vittori, always excitable. You know what he wants to do. Let him get in there, bang. He just wants to fight. Uh, Appreciate you letting me have kind of an interview-heavy show. Obviously, it's been a busy week, man. This is is so fun, man. Contender Series on Tuesday, CFFC Wednesday night, CFFC Thursday night, Fly Home Friday, UFC 252 on Saturday night. Uh, I I love it. So, you know, unfortunately, I haven't – you know, it's been so crazy that I wanted to get these interviews in, and, and I can't do anything with them for MMA Junkie next week since I'm on furlough if I don't get them out ahead of time. So, them's the rules of the corporate office. So, I wanted to make sure and, and uh, get those out there and let everybody hear them. Hopefully, you found them interesting. I was also playing with some equipment. Um, I, I know some people might not care too much about sound quality. Hopefully, those were okay. I'm, I got a new computer and some some other new stuff, and I was experimenting with things. I was doing. I don't have my full gear with me. While I'm here, uh, such a quick trip, and obviously uh, I'm focused on on commentating. So uh, hopefully the the, uh, the audio was all very acceptable there. Um, it's not perfect, as, but I'm fine tuning it. You can see I was making little tweaks to the settings. If you're if you're one of those people that's an audio file that was really paying attention, I was making some tweaks in there. Uh, but I'll get it dialed in. I'm trying to figure out some options while I'm on the road uh, to do things like this. So. It uh, was, good, was good to catch up with all those folks. Uh, next week I am, like I said, on furlough. My mom is coming into town, so that's cool. We're going to have a little family time. which uh, was good. Obviously, I, I hate not working, but at least we're taking advantage of it. Uh, spending a little family time, hanging out, doing all that sort of stuff. Of course, we will still have uh, the MMA Roadshow for 281 consecutive weeks. We have never missed a single week, and we're not going to start doing that now. And, of course, if you're at Patreon.com/slash/The MMA Roadshow, we'll have the and a half as well, uh, and that's all I have to say. I gotta go work, so all I can say is uh, thanks to Cold Coffee for adding this all together and for everybody else. Thanks for listening.